The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. The collision of common sense and comedy. The collision of common sense and comedy. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. June 27, 2018. Dear Mr. President, this letter is a respectful and formal notification of my decision, effective July 31st of this year, to end my regular active status as an Associate Justice of the Supreme Court while continuing to serve in a senior status as provided in 28 U.S.C. 371B. For a member of the legal profession, it is the highest of honors to serve on this court. Please permit me by this letter to express my profound gratitude for having had the privilege to seek in each case how best to know, interpret, and defend the Constitution and the laws that must always conform to its mandates and promises. Respectfully and sincerely, Anthony M. Kennedy. And with that, Anthony Kennedy retired as a Supreme Court justice. That was a uh, an interesting, kind of surprising development. Everyone knew it was a possibility. We'd heard rumors that he wanted to retire this year. Yeah, yeah. But there it was, seemingly out of nowhere. It's interesting. It's really interesting. I never experienced this in my life. What's that? Uh, justice to retire. Well, no, you had uh, Scalia die. Um, you had a couple uh, retire under Obama. Uh, I don't. You don't remember nope. him. You weren't active. Okay, yeah. I know what you're saying. Um, yeah, it's just it's interesting because as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, the left's going to melt down. They are <laughs> oh. absolutely going to melt down. And the the real interesting thing is uh, Trump will get two picks in his first two years. Yeah. Of his first administration, first, you know, wow, that's that's pretty powerful. Uh, and he may not be done. I mean, there's a couple of others, including well, so, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah, someone pointed out that Kennedy is 81 years old and he retired. Ruth Bader Goliath, Ginsburg, whatever, is uh, she's uh, 84. Right, and she's not doing well. She falls asleep she constantly. Falls asleep the whole every thing. Every time they do. Uh, a state of the union. You could see her in the, in the front row. Right, like, sleeping <sighs> or whatever else, yeah. Uh, a lot of people are thinking she could, but I'm telling you, I don't think Elena Kagan's all that healthy, and she's young. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's my that's my dark horse pick. That's my long shot for Trump getting another pick. That one? Yeah, she really is. I mean, look at her. She's, you know. Does she look healthy to you? Uh, Paul Blart. Well, Justice Paul Blart looks okay, healthy. Okay. Come on, man. Okay. Now, what, you know what will happen? Ruth Bader Ginsburg, everyone's hoping all the conservatives are going, okay, hopefully she goes down soon. Trump gets another pick. It'll be, <laughs> it'll be a conservative court, right? She will probably outlive all of all us. All of them. She'll be on the court another 70 years. She, her replacement will be uh, nominated by uh, Sasha, Malia, Sasha or Malia Obama, right? <laughs> and now President uh, Sasha Obama... Announces her nominee to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg. It'll be a Ruth Bader Ginsburg, like it'll be her daughter. daughter or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. The thing is, um, for conservatives that are excited about this, this is an opportunity to make the court more conservative. 
But Justice Kennedy was not Stephen Breyer. He was not Ruth Buzzy Ginsburg. Justice Kennedy was, certainly in the early years, pretty darn conservative. Yeah, he's had some significant failures, and people called him the swing vote. But his voting record over the years, still more conservative than not. It was not a swing vote where, uh, you know, he was primarily liberal or progressive and once in a while conservatives got one. Hey, he voted the other way. No. Justice Kennedy served in the federal judiciary for 43 years, 30 of it on the Supreme Court, spanning six presidential administrations. That's the longest term of any of the current sitting justices. And he was appointed by Reagan in 1988. Now, His history is pretty interesting. He was teaching constitutional law at the University of the Pacific School of Law in Sacramento and was recruited in 1973 by then Governor Reagan of California to draft a tax-cutting referendum. It ended up failing, but Reagan was so appreciative that he helped out. Reagan said, hey, I'm going to hook a brother up. I think he said those exact words. I'm going to hook a brother up. Well, that's a... President, Reagan, especially with him. How Reagan was down got. with it. He yeah, was, he was down with the street lingo. The Everyone knew it. Yeah, it's one of the people. So uh, he's, I'm going to hook a brother up and recommended him to President Ford when there was an opening in the federal courts, okay. not in the Supreme Court. Okay. And when a position became open, uh, the uh, Ninth Circuit in 1975, Ford appointed Kennedy. Wow. <laughs> because Reagan suggested it. Now, he was only 38 years old at the time. And during his 13 years on the appeals court, he wrote 500 opinion. Wow. And it was very conservative. Wow. So Reagan gets an opening or an opportunity to nominate somebody in 88. That's, uh, you know, 13 years later or whatever. And he picks Kennedy. And it was a fairly good pick. Early on, in the first 10 years or so, Kennedy voted with the conservatives over 90% of the time. Wow. Now, you hope to have, if you're a conservative, 100%, but he wasn't some rabid liberal. I mean, if you're celebrating this morning, that's good. It's an opportunity for an upgrade Mm -hmm. because he's had some more recent failures. But still, early days or 90% of the time. He voted in the early days to strike down an affirmative action program that required set-aside for black-owned construction uh, firms. He upheld the law requiring minors to seek uh, their parents' permission to get an abortion first. Um, one of the things that some people, well, uh, Gore versus Bush, he was the swing vote that voted in favor to end the recount in Florida, giving Bush the white house. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's all on that side. He, in 1989, uh, voted to uphold a ruling that protesters had the constitutional right to burn the American flag. Now that was seen as an early liberal vote and people are unhappy, but no folks, <laughs> we don't have to debate that whole thing. The First Amendment should certainly protect your right to burn the American flag as much as you dislike it. Thank you. That's one of those ones I personally dislike when it happens, but I have to say it's your right to do it. It's like that. Uh, So pretty conservative early on. Now, there are a couple significant failures, which people will cite. Uh, Two bad ones in 2015. He uh, voted uh, really the deciding vote in two landmark cases in 2015 that the constitutional... um, uh, uh, voted to uphold the key components of the Affordable Care Act, first of all, uh, which would add subsidies. And um, I'm trying to think what the other one was. Um, oh, uh, gay marriage. Okay. And gay marriage. 
the interesting thing about the gay marriage vote, it was not um it was not so much hey, gays, woo, pro LGBT. <laughs> not saying he was anti. It was more of that personal freedoms type mm. thing. So as much as I dislike the uh, government getting involved in it at all, mm-hmm. I understand, you know, uh, the Obamacare ones, I'm sorry, it is ab- the mandate is absolutely unconstitutional. Um, it is an abomination. So I disagree. So if you're celebrating, okay, good. It's an opportunity for an upgrade. You just got to make sure Trump actually gives an upgrade. Yeah. You make sure it's actually, at this point, what it looks like, a Neil Gorsuch type pick. Um, Do you have but- a pick already or no? I'm going, I hope it's Shannon Bream from Fox News. Oh, that's it's a Shannon left turn. Bream. Shannon Bream? I, Shannon, I just like Shannon. I know she's, you do. She's hilarious. <laughs> but she is an attorney. Yes. And is the well, you don't Fox have to be an News attorney, court. do you? You don't. You don't have to be an American citizen you to serve use, on the Supreme Court. Anybody could sit on that seat. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, you don't have to be an attorney. You don't even have to be an American citizen. Yeah. I might be wrong on this one, but I think. Early on, there was somebody who was not an American citizen. I may be wrong on that one. Mm-hmm. I just remember you don't have to be. But yeah, I, I tweeted that out yesterday, Goof. And uh, I, I, Shannon's awesome, and she would actually be pretty good on there. But um, no, I don't. I don't know enough. Uh, the only name I really know that any of us really know that was from Trump's pick, his list that he put mm-hmm. out, was Mike Lee, Mike Lee yeah. which would be... Do you know how wonderful that would be? Oh, dude. Here's why. Mike Lee is pretty solid, right? Oh, yes. Very solid in his voting record. And you know, based on his voting record and the things he said, that he believes in the Constitution and he believes in personal freedoms, right? He, he gets it. But it would do a couple of things. It would get Mike Lee out of the Senate. Not that we want that we want to lose his vote. Theoretically, you'd replace somebody in Utah. You're going to get somebody pretty conservative unless you screw this up, right? But Mike Lee isn't interested in being in the Senate much longer. I mean, you can tell he's, he's kind of had his fill of it. And it keeps him engaged, somebody that you know you can trust. But it would be such a poke in the eye to the left, an additional poke in the eye. And it would also be conservatives would just be uh, drunk with giddy. <laughs> just Right? Would they, oh, my gosh. It would, just, it would be hilarious to see. So that would be kind of fun. Um, other than that, I don't know the other nominees. I don't know. We don't, we don't, we don't pay attention to federal no, judges. No. I was also thinking of uh, Judge Judy. Judge Judy? I got, I got the best poke in the eye funny pick ever. Roy okay. Moore. Oh, I saw you tweet about that. Can you imagine <laughs> if, if he picked Roy Moore? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I can't even... I, I am filled with delight at just the just the, the thought, thought of him doing that. Just the meltdown. Like we, like he'd be like, "Hey guys, don't worry about it. You don't, don't worry, have to it'll be him. tremendous. I've got the most tremendous nominee ever. It'll be great." I love, like in the back of um, Judge Roy Moore. Yes, he's already a judge. He's, it'll be perfect for it. Oh, <clears> that would be awesome. Can, that would be amazing. Just, you remember the girl during uh, right as Trump got sworn in? No. It would be better than that. It would be, be. It would be the scream heard around the world. It really would. <laughs> and even, I mean, I don't think I want Roy Moore, but I'm just saying I want Trump to pick just for that. Yeah. So maybe, maybe Trump just hints at that. Oh yeah. Just, just, just tweet it. Trump, please tweet that. Please tweet it. Oh my gosh, just that. It would just. Oh, it would be a shot across the bow for so many people.
Yep. You know, been toying with the idea of hashtag Roy Moore. I've been thinking. All, all he, he doesn't have to say for the nominee. No. All he has to do is just go Roy Moore. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Like Kofefe. Right. Yeah. Or, um, hmm, Roy Moore. <laughs> Roy Moore question mark. <laughs> Roy. Roy. He just put Roy. Oh, you just put more, put a double O. Right. So people think more. You don't spell more like that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Here it is. Before I not before I pick or nominate somebody for uh, pick a nominee or nominate somebody for Supreme Court, uh, I have to uh, think on this more double O. Oh my gosh! Oh, <laughs> Alyssa Milano and these people, their heads would just explode. That would be so much fun. Come on, Trump. Don't we know anybody we could slip that to him, Trump? Come on, man. Get it to him. I'm thinking. I'm thinking, who do we know? All right. Well, anyways, uh, interesting yesterday and to see people going crazy. It would be awesome, like I said, to get a little bit of an upgrade. It wouldn't be the same type of upgrade from a, uh, you know, Ruth Buzzy Ginsburg if she were to retire tomorrow. But there's a good shot that, uh, you know, Trump will get another pick. He could get another pick in the next two years. Now, there's a lot of political things at play here with this nominee. And again, people think Kennedy is a little more progressive or liberal than he is. Still swing vote, yeah, but they think he's a little more liberal than he is. Um, What that means is somebody like Ruth Buzzy Ginsburg, if they were thinking of retiring, now they have to wait. Yeah. If they're going to play the political game, they're going to have to wait at least two years. Because they're like, I cannot take the chance of Trump, you know, or give Trump the opportunity to replace me, right? So they have to wait until after 2020's election. What if Trump gets reelected? It's over. So imagine you're Ruth Buzzy Ginsburg, and she's 85 or whatever. Yeah. That puts it two more. You're you're in your late 80s 80s. now. And you see Trump get reelected. And you say, I'm going to wait Four more years, if I physically can, I'm going to wait four more years to see if there's a possibility that it will not be a Republican that replaces Trump. So she could, you're doing the math. You're going, okay, so I'll wait two years to see what happens. I'll wait two years. Dang it, he got reelected. Am I going to wait four more years and roll the dice? And again, these people, you want to retire. You're not feeling good. That's if you don't get sick. So the elections over the next couple of years are going to be really important. And getting Trump reelected just got even more important. It was important anyways. It just got more important. And the people trying to oust Trump, it is even more important for them. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's really interesting. Uh, One of the things I see a lot is, oh, can Republicans stay consistent? Okay, it's interesting you said that. Within moments, minutes of the announcement being made, where, okay, Justice Kennedy is, is retiring, the, the uh, Democrats came out and said, all right, we need to make sure that he does not get seated until yeah. we see who wins, because they want to take over the House, or the uh, House and Senate. Yep. If they take over the Senate, then they'd get to block him if they get a couple yep. more votes. Yep. So within minutes, in fact, I got the story. Somebody texted it to me 
mm-hmm. before I even saw the alert on my phone. Mm-hmm. I was in a meeting. I see my phone. Somebody texted me. They're like, whoa, Kennedy, whatever. And I was like, wait, what? Oh, my gosh. And then I instantly go to social media and media. I start looking. And it, by, the, by the time I finished reading the text from a buddy, there were statements from Democrats going, we need to uh, make sure he doesn't get seated. We should wait until after the election. Even from some people who did not think that way in the past. Hmm. Yep. Also, you saw TV stations and TV networks doing the same thing. Commenting about Saying this. they absolutely should. Huh. Tell you what, let me get a break in and we'll run down some of those coming up next on The Morning Blaze. Your attention, please. We are the number one show on the planet. The president said so. You're listening to The Morning Blaze, the number one listened to show on the planet. I'm talking billions and billions of people. Believe me. Believe me. See? This is The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, if you want to join the program, please join us on social media, Twitter, throughout the broadcast. It's at Doc Thompson Show, at Real Chris Cruz. Got to take a moment and tell you about uh, Balm Shot. Balmshot.com is where you get the Balm Shot. The Balm Shot. Who told you to get the Balm Shot? You know who told you to get the Balm Shot? Put your bum on. I told you to get the Balm Shot. Balm Shot's awesome. Love the backstory. Love the company. Love the product. So, yesterday, I'm going through... Um, Little toiletries bag. Okay, okay. And at the bottom of it, I found a little tube of chapstick. Oh, you didn't say bombshell. You said chapstick. And I took it, boom, chucked it right in the garbage. Oh, nice, nice. It nice, was nice. it was a newer. I mean, it hadn't, hadn't, hadn't been, been hardly open? used. Hardly used. I had it in there. I just went, boom, gone. Get nice. this out of here. And I actually said out loud, I'm a bomb shot guy. <laughs> Were you by yourself? I was. <laughs> I really was. And I That's actually awesome. said it out loud. That's Chucked awesome. it right in the garbage. That's awesome. It was very brazen. As awesome. I was, Look at this. I was like, okay, there's nobody here to be so mm-hmm. bold. But nevertheless, mm-hmm. it's true. I just don't even want to screw around with the other stuff. Balm Shot's awesome. I love it. And it works really well. Check it out online at balmshot.com. You can see Wayne's story there. See all the different products. What an amazing American success story and a great uh, entrepreneurial story as well of how it came to pass. The bottom line is it is the best lip balm you'll get in an amazing applicator that won't open up in your pocket, squish around. The flavors are great, and they also have some other swag up there as well. They do, they do. And uh, this month, when you buy two packs, you get the third free. When you buy four, you get the fifth free. But listen to this, Doc. Listen, when you else? buy the sixth pack, yeah. they'll throw in a free Balm Shot <laughs> logo baseball hat. You know why that's particularly attractive to me? Why is that? Because I'm a Balm Shot guy. Yeah. I am absolutely a bullshit. So you could get guy. this beautiful tan hat. And we can't promise that it won't be taken by TSA, but I have flown several times and it has not been. Eventually it will be. Same here. It I've will flown, be eventually. I've flown three times and I always leave it on my on my backpack and so far they've have not said anything. I've had it in my pocket and I put it in the tray. Oh, oh, so yours fine. is more visible than me. Yeah, absolutely. So um I can't say it won't. In fact, it will at some point. I think Somebody so. will get it taken. I think so. I mean, out of 100 so. times, they'll take it 14 times, yeah. I'm sure. I think so. And then um, 
Actually, you know, maybe buy extras and then just try them. Yeah, balmshot.com. The price point's so low, too. This is one of those mm-hmm. great products if you want to support the program. Um, you know, you're not spending, you know, $200 or something. And you can support the program by supporting our advertisers. Balmshot.com. So there seems to be a lack of, uh, of consistency yeah. when it comes to people saying whether or not the president should actually nominate somebody, well, nominate, and the Senate should have hearings. Remember, the question was, at the end of the Obama administration, should there be hearings held on Merrick Garland? Should they hold those hearings because it was so close to the presidential election? Just as a reminder, I, Doc Thompson, said at the time, even though I did not want Merrick Garland, I did not want President any of President Obama's uh, nominees to become a Supreme Court justice, and I would have much rather had somebody from Trump, any Republican, than Obama's, I still said at the time, yes, the president should nominate somebody because... He is directed to do so by the Constitution. He should not wait six months or two years. He should do it immediately, within a reasonable amount of time. A couple of weeks, I would say, should be plenty. And within a couple of weeks of that, the Senate should absolutely have hearings, period. They should have had hearings on Merrick Garland. It's your job. Exactly. You absolutely should advise and confirm. This is their job. I don't care what else else you're working on at the time. The Senate really doesn't have that much going on. They shouldn't be trying on these nutty laws that we don't need. This is one of your duties. Now, as conservatives, if you don't want Merrick Garland, then here you go. Vote no. Wait, what? You can vote no. Are you sure? Yes. They could have done their constitutional duties back in 2016 and actually held votes on Merrick Garland, and they should have, and any Republican should have voted no if they didn't want him. But they didn't want to be on record. That's it. So they played the political game instead of doing their job. Again, I am thrilled beyond words that we have Neil Gorsuch as opposed to Merrick Garland. Same. But they should have done it a different way. They should have voted no. Having said that, This is the political game that's going on. Within minutes of the announcement that Kennedy is going to be retiring, Patrick Leahy, the senator from Vermont, tweets out, Under the McConnell rule, there's no rush to fill this seat. The American people deserve a chance to have their voices heard. Okay. Because, again, the McConnell rule was we're going to wait until after the election. No nomination hearings until... Until uh, the new president's new president because person. it was, I mean, it was close. It was and it within, makes sense. It was within months. I get what he was saying, but guys, just hold the hearings and vote no. That's all you had to do. And they would have been fine. Because that's how I said the Constitution <clears throat> doesn't say that. I have not read everything federal government-wise, but I don't think it says wait. No, does it, it does not. Okay. In 2013, you got to remember, the Democrats, led by Harry Reid, eliminated the 60-vote rule, the nuclear yes, option, right? I remember that. It went down to like 51 yeah, just to a simple majority, yeah. right? And he did that at the time. People warned him this is not good or whatever. He played games. Uh, when Trump nominated Neil Gorsuch then, after he got elected to fill Scalia's seat, uh, the Democrats tried to filibuster in April of last year. Okay. But McConnell invoked the nuclear option, the Harry Reid rule mm. from 2013, and abolished the 60 votes. Therefore, Gorsuch was sworn in, confirmed are confirmed and then sworn in, 54 to 45. All they needed was 51. 51, yeah. So Harry Reid did it in 2013, and then you had McConnell doing it in 2017. Okay. 
So they're all coming out saying it's the McConnell rule. Dianne Feinstein said four months away from an election, there should be no consideration of a Supreme Court nominee until after the American people have a say. Leader McConnell set the standard when he denied Judge Garland the hearing for nearly a year, and the Senate should follow the McConnell standard now. Again, they didn't say that back in the day. No. They didn't say it in 2013, hey, we need more than a simple majority, don't get rid of the 60 vote. No, they didn't. They were happy to have it then. Mm -hmm. Then, when it came to Merrick Garland, they were all troubled by this. How dare you do this, right? Have a vote. Then when it came to... Uh, Neil Gorsuch, no, <coughs> no, we need 60 votes. We absolutely need that. So it seems like they're waffling a little bit. They here. are. Everybody is. One thing they're missing when they compare it to um, Merrick Garland, mm-hmm. this is not a presidential election. You're talking about the Senate, not the White House. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson, only on the Blaze Radio Network. I want to do this here. Let's go way back. Let's go way back. Back in the day. Back in the day. Let's uh, roll the hands of time back to 2007. Chuck Schumer, the floor of the Senate, talking about this policy of blocking nominees. You're blocking presidential nominees, and he absolutely was in favor of it. Yeah. Chuck Schumer, in favor of blocking nominees, listen. That we should not confirm any Bush nominee to the Supreme Court except in extraordinary circumstances. They must prove. Yes. They must prove by actions, not words, that they are in the mainstream, rather than we have to prove that they are not. So Chuck Schumer, 2007, I hope you're taking notes. In favor of blocking presidential nominees. I'm taking many notes. Because the president was a uh, Republican. Yep. Uh, Then, 10 years later, 2017, as they're uh, doing the Gorsuch hearings. Okay. You know, just a year after the Merrick Garland nominee that never got uh, any hearings. Mm -hmm. uh, He was, well, let's hear what he was. I was listening to the majority leader earlier this morning, and I cannot believe... He can stand here on the floor of the U.S. Senate and with a straight face say that Democrats are launching the first partisan filibuster of a Supreme Court nominee. What the majority leader did to Merrick Garland by denying him even a hearing and a vote is even worse than a filibuster. Okay, hold on one second. So, blocking nominees in 2017, he was in favor of them. Yes, in 2017, referring to 2016, he was against them. Yes. It was wrong that they didn't have a hearing and they blocked this. Yes. Okay, specifically that way. That way, yes. Not just a filibuster, no. but not having hearings. You should yes. have those hearings, he said. Which we agreed. Okay, so 27, 2007, in favor. 2017, referring to 2016, he was against. But there's more to this speech. Okay. For him to accuse Democrats of the first partisan filibuster on the Supreme Court 
belies the facts, hmm. belies the history, belies the basic truth. As my friend, Representative Adam Schiff, has said, mm -hmm. when McConnell deprived President Obama of a vote on Garland, it was a nuclear option. Yep, against The rest is fallout. Still against it. Let me repeat that. Yeah, I'm gonna repeat Adam Schiff it. put it know. better than I could ever. He is against it. When McConnell deprived President Obama of a vote mm -hmm. on Garland, it was a nuclear option. The rest is fallout. Now, okay, uh, real, real quick, hold on, one pause there. Uh, don't forget, he was in favor of the stuff in 2007. Yes, yes, a yes. And I have notes. Uh, yes. he was in favor of the nuclear option in when Democrats had it in 27, yes. uh, 2013. Yes. Okay, here we go. A little Even more though my speech. friend, the majority leader, keeps right. insisting uh -huh. that there is no principled reason to vote against Judge Gorsuch, we Democrats disagree. And then he went on to support uh, filibustering and blocking the nominee. Yes. So yes. in that same speech, he transitioned. He tra yeah, as you can see, he's transitioning. Okay, yes. so 2007 in favor, 2016 and 17 uh, uh, against, then in favor again. Yes. And now, in this latest development, Chuck Schumer from yesterday, here he is. Our Republican colleagues in the Senate should follow the rule they set in 2016, not to consider a Supreme Court justice in an election year. Uh, so he's Senator back in favor of it. He's in favor. He's back. Yeah, he's in back. In favor yes. of blocking. He's back in favor. Yeah, sorry. I just, so many notes right now. Yes, he's back on it. Wow, this is uh, this is really confusing. Very. I think I have a simple rule to okay. find out whether or not Chuck Schumer is in favor of blocking okay. nominees. Okay. Because I mean, this is this is just a simple a little bit of research I did last night. Mm -hmm. There could be him going back and back forth and, many times. Yes. Here's yes. the simple nominee. You look at the president. I look at the president. Okay, and you go, are they a Republican or a Democrat? Okay. If they're a Republican, Chuck Schumer is in favor of blocking. That's how you oh, know. because he blocked them their Bush. Yeah, and that's, how, that's how you know, right. Trump. And if they're a Democrat, he's not. Oh. That's how you know. Uh, by the way, don't get caught up in the little references of um, the McConnell rule, whatever, because it really was the Reed rule. The Reed rule, yeah. And before that, it was the somebody else rule, because they've all played this game over the years. Everybody so, yeah, the Reed rule, they were absolutely in favor of that, yeah. You know, Mitch McConnell actually warned them. Do we have the Mitch McConnell clip? Well, warned them in 2013 yeah, of this. When did. Harry Reid did this, yep. Mitch McConnell actually warned them. Once again, Senate Democrats are threatening to break the rules of the Senate break the rules of the Senate in order to change the rules of the Senate. And over what? Over what? Over a court that doesn't even have enough work to do? The majority leader promised, he promised, over and over again, that he wouldn't break the rules of the Senate in order to change them. If you want to play games, set yet another precedent that you'll no doubt come to regret. Say to my friends on the other side of the aisle, you'll regret this, and you may regret it a lot sooner than you think. I remember when he said it. Wow. A lot sooner than you think. Now, I don't support the turtle. He's as weaselly as the rest of them. He just does it much slower. Who? That's all. The turtle, Harry Reid. I mean, uh, um, Mitch, uh, McConnell? Mitch McConnell. Yeah. He's a turtle? He looks like a turtle. He looks like a turtle. He looks like the turtle that they used to do for the little art drawing contest. You could be an artist. You watch the infomercial. It was either that or the pirate. You know, and so, yeah, he looks like the turtle. Um, he just, he does the same weaselly stuff. He just does it slower than the rest of them. Mm. I'll invoke 
the nuclear option. <laughs> he just does it slower than them. So, but he was right. Hey, don't do this. They're, it's, so they're all so wise and able to predict the future and how bad this is going to go when they're getting screwed. Did you yes. ever notice that? Listen, eventually this is going to be bad for you. At the time, Harry Reid, when he said this, Harry Reid was like, who cares? That was almost a quote. Who cares? And what happens? Here we are. Everybody's been, with Chuck Schumer at his side. Harry Reid, then majority leader. Who cares? Chuck Schumer getting, you're, you're right, getting his back. Yep. Yep. But now they, of course, have a problem. And they're not alone. Elizabeth Warren yesterday. Hey, how are you? Hey, how hey, are you? Hey, how are you? Uh, very upset at this. Very upset. Said oh. Mitch McConnell should follow the Mitch McConnell rule. Let the American people have a say when someone, when a woman's health and equal rights are on the line. Whoa. She, she, she can't just say. Whoa. Right. Where did that come from? Right. You can't just say about votes and a yes. pick or whatever. Let them have a say when women's health and equal rights are on the line. Always got to find a way in there. Wow. Now, she is saying let the American people have a say. Yes. Delay, delay, delay. Yes. Let the American people have a say. Yes. Do not see this. Yes. She did not always feel that way. What? No, if you go way, way, way back. When she got sworn in? No, when you go way, way back. She had a different opinion way, way back to uh, a couple weeks ago. She had a different opinion. Here you go. For a very long time, but it was very rarely used. And the reason was because knowing that there was a filibuster meant you had to kind of keep those folks within a certain range. Mm -hmm. I get it. The people that George W. Bush would put in uh-huh. wouldn't be exactly the same as the people that Barack Obama would put in, but they'd be, they'd be along the same road, right? They'd be somewhere in that close in. Merrick Garland. Look, Merrick Garland is the kind of man who could have been nominated by a Republican or a Democrat. And decades and decades and decades in our past would have been. Uh, can, would we, have, can, we, can, we, can we pause right there a okay. second? Merrick Garland was more moderate. Okay. Yeah. For, for a pick from from Obama, from he Obama? absolutely was okay. compared with his two previous picks. Oh yeah. So again, just a couple of weeks ago, she's uh, talking in an interview, giving this little speech here, and acts like Obama only had one pick, Merrick Garland. He did not. Mm-hmm. He had two other picks. Yes, he did. Sonia Sotomayor and mm-hmm. Justice Paul Blart. He okay. had both of them. Okay. And are they moderates? Oh, are they no. down the middle? I think it was yesterday we went down Sotomayor's uh, decision. Of course. Oh, that was they not moderate. absolutely are not. That was completely left. So while she's like, we have a history of nominating people, and they would all be kind of down the same road. They would all support a woman's right. Down the same road, moderates. What about the previous two, you knucklehead? Here you go. I've been that kind of guy is who you put up oh wait real quick so there's you so finally they're like okay would you block will you block should we do this and here's what she says is who you put up because that's how i see it i don't see it as starting out saying i don't care who you put up i'm holding the seat that was what mitch mcconnell did nope. he said you send me Anybody, if it comes from Barack Obama, there's a two-letter answer, and the answer's no. I think that's wrong. But I do think you send a Neil Gorsuch to us, and the answer is no. We do hearings. We do it substantively. The answer would be no. Um, 
So if you send a Neil Gorsuch, so it depends on the nominee. If, if, if they pick somebody conservative in the vein, the same similar to Obama picking liberal, liberal. in Justice Paul Blart and Sonia Sotomayor, uh, then no, we're going to be ideological in this and uh, we'll have hearings and we'll block and we'll do whatever. Okay. And then yesterday, nope, you got to do it. So it sounds like she's being a little hypocritical very, there. Very, very, yeah. very. Yesterday, Senator Chris Murphy from uh, Connecticut said if McConnell insists on starting proceedings on a radical Trump nominee, I will do everything in my power to stop him. Wow. I did not run for the Senate to grease the skids for radicals on the Supreme Court to disseminate the rights of millions of Americans. What? He did not run for Senate to grease the skids for radicals. Radicals? If McConnell insists on uh, starting uh, proceedings on radical Trump nominee, I will do everything in my power to stop him. Chris Murphy has been serious about this. This is a guy who consistently had said it is within the power of a senator to stand up and do everything in their power to stop a nominee they do not agree with. Okay. And remember, the nuclear option is within their yes, power. You is. may not agree with it. Yes. Chris Murphy, the Democrat from Connecticut, has been absolutely consistent for the last 12 hours. He has absolutely on, the last 12 been, hours? Eh, let's say 20 hours. The last 20 hours. That's he has, it? Well, you go back just a couple years ago, the most recent uh, similarity or similar okay. situation with Merrick Garland, and okay. he said this. Much is, uh, has been made over the last several days about the affront to the president from Senate Republicans in not even meeting with his nominee. This is an equal affront to the people that elected him. Senate Republicans are giving a middle finger to the American people. And they're giving a middle finger to this president. The American people elected Barack Obama for four years, and they knew what they were doing. They didn't elect a president for three years. It's like they didn't elect senators for five years. And that's why we're confident that this is going to go very badly for Mitch McConnell and his Republican conference. The American public know the game that they are playing, and they are huh. not going to stand for it. And this, to me, is the final proof point of uh -huh. a couple important truths. Uh, uh -huh. Wow, that's we have a winner. We have a winner. Wow. The American people know the games they're playing. We should absolutely have had hearings and blah, blah. No, wait, because it's a Trump pick. <laughs> <laughs> and notice what he said, too. It might be the most damning of anything that they've said. Mm -hmm. The American people, which I agree with, by the way, this statement. The American people pick a president for four years. Yes. He should serve four complete years. Yes. Not a day more, not a day less. Yes. A senator is elected for six years. He should serve six complete years, not a day less, not a day more. So this nonsense of, well, we're heading to an election and whatever... It does not matter Nope. if a president is uh, is the second to the last day in office. He better He's, nominate. He, they've already, somebody else has won. They're going to be sworn in in two days. And somebody says, I'm retiring, and the president should pick that person. Yes. And the Senate, as soon as they could convene, Don't. realistically, they should have hearings on that pick. Yes. That's at, because you pick for four. There's no way to say, well, if it's, you know, in an election year. 
So what, it starts in January of the election year? Yeah. Or does it start the previous election cycle? It's nonsense. It's for four years for a president, two for a representative, six for a senator, and that's it. Live by the hard and fast, black and white, rigid letter of the law when it comes to this stuff. Done. And then we don't have to have this nonsense. Chris Murphy just said the American people elected him, well, people of Connecticut elected him, and they elect all senators for six complete years. This is not a presidential election. We're not holding out to get a new pick from a president. Nope. This is because the Senate may go blue, may have enough votes that they could overturn it. May. And Chris Murphy is saying, oh, yeah, we should hold off now. The American people have a voice. The voice is the current senators that are in there will all serve a total of six years. And the president will serve a total of four years unless he is reelected. That's it. So Chris Murphy knew that, and I stand with what he said from two years ago. But 20 hours ago, he decided to change because it was politically advantageous for him. And as much as he may think he's doing it because his ideas are the right way and it'll be disastrous, it'll be ruined if we don't, it doesn't matter. You said it yourself, Chris Murphy. People know the games you're playing. That's exactly what you're doing. Have enough balls. Have enough honesty to be consistent, to admit that you're not being consistent. I would be fine if he said, yeah, I said that in 2016, but I've changed because I just don't like this guy. I'm worried. Whatever. I can respect that a little bit. Yes, we can. You know, I felt that way because, you know, it was our guy and whatever, but... I just think it would be disastrous for America, so I'm going to waffle. I wouldn't like it. I would say you're you're waffling, you're flip-flopping, but at least you'd admit it. Well, stop playing this the game, This is pretending too. like you didn't yeah, say this. stop playing the game. So Stop playing the game. If Chris Murphy is in there long enough, he'll eventually go back to his 2016 ways. That's how it'll work. <laughs> it's so sad. Yeah, if you don't like this new Chris Murphy, people of Connecticut, don't worry. The old one will be back when you get your next Democrat president. Speak your mind. 888-900-3393. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Part of Generation Blaze on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, let's get uh, some tweets in with the hashtag what I learned today. It's at Doc Tops Show at Real Chris Cruz. First, I've got to tell you about Earthwater. Folks, this is such a cool program. I, I cannot stress this enough. If you are looking to make some side cash, uh, the folks at Earthwater have this plan. And even when I first heard it, it has this natural reaction, I think. The, the direct-to-market model has this reaction where people are like, oh, it's like that. Something mm. that they've known in the past. Not realizing... This is very different. Number one, the direct-to-market model is really effective at growing a business, and there are real opportunities. Now, if it's been around for 60 years and has a bad image, the the products, I mean, Mm -hmm. right? And, you know, it has not been the best reputable company and whatever. Yeah, of course. But it's not the model. 
The model can work, especially in the early days. And that's what Earthwater is transitioning to. So Earthwater is going to be around. They're going to continue to sell their products. You can buy their products. And they're wonderful. I cannot say enough good things about Earthwater. I drink Earthwater every stinking day in my coffee. I drink it uh, as soon as I get done with my run because I want those extra vitamins and minerals. Like anything to make my body recover faster because I... It feels horrible, yeah. You know, when you run, I mean, you're tired, you're exhausted, and Earth Water helps in great ways. Um, but they have this affiliate program now that is the direct market model, which gives you an opportunity to just tell people about the product and make some side cash. There's no question in my mind if you were to take this serious and become an Earth Water ambassador, one of their their affiliates that you could make this a very lucrative prime business, mm. working maybe less than 40 hours a week, pulling in huge amounts of money. I know that's possible. But even if you just want it as a side where you're just like, you know, I don't want to put too much time, but a couple hundred bucks a month, pay my car payment, whatever, and yeah. you don't have to do a lot. Because, see, you're not shipping and handling the stuff. All you're doing is sharing the link, and when people order, boom, it goes to Amazon and they fill it. And you don't have any minimums each month to fill or anything like that. Find all the details at theblaze.teamearthwater.com. If you go there, it's all up there. Theblaze.teamearthwater.com. Theblaze.teamearthwater.com. This is going to be very good for a lot of people. Theblaze.teamearthwater.com. You got this Steve 42 saying, do the Democrats know that Trump hasn't even nominated a SCOTUS judge yet? I know, right? Oh my gosh, that what a brilliant point! I was thinking, yeah, the, how early it was. He hasn't said anything. But imagine if they're all on the record saying this, and he nominates an extreme progressive. Could you imagine how yeah. it is? Trump, we don't know. He's unpredictable. Yeah, I do have one concern. Now he has said it's going to be somebody else from that list uh, from that he put last out. Year. Right. Well, it was before he. The original list yes. that he whittled down, the original list he put out while running for president because mm-hmm. he wanted those conservatives to know he would pick somebody or mm-hmm. believe it. And he did pick Neil Gorsuch off the list. Mm-hmm. The, then he whittled it down during that period to say it'll be somebody else. It's a smaller list. I get a smaller list now. It's still a tremendous list. It's a tremendously <laughs> small list. Still, the people we know have been vetted and very solid list. But we got to make sure he sticks to that list. Yes. yes. Um. But can you imagine if he didn't? Yeah. It would be hilarious for Chuck Schumer to then go, I think it's time to go ahead and have a vote. <laughs> Let's move forward. Let's move forward on the nominee <laughs> and vote for this amazing candidate. Uh, Doc's tiny sack tweeting out what I learned today. Design outside the Supreme Court building today. Help wanted. Help wanted. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh Punkin Brona saying what I learned today. I feel like Ruth Bader Ginsburg will have a doctor, surgeon, and security with her every step she takes till every, uh, until Evelyn she croaks. Listen, it was about 2009, 10, okay. right in there, that I jokingly said on the air. I remember I was in Richmond, Virginia, WRVA, because, you know, I used to work there in Richmond. Yes, yes. I said half jokingly on the air, conservatives better follow Scalia around Seriously, with with the defibrillator paddles, uh, an ambulance just always lurking behind him. You know, the president carries the nuclear football. Yes, we need yes. the the uh, defibrillator defibrillator paddles. Mm-hmm. We need the uh, a whole team, a medical staff. Medical I said, staff. let's wrap him in bubble wrap. <laughs> we don't want him even slipping down the steps and breaking a hip. None of this stuff. And look what happened. Yeah. It was only like four or five years later, and the guy goes down. Imagine. 
Are you going to take credit for that? No, I'm, no, I'm saying for the liberals, for the progressives, they got to be thinking the same thing. Oh, yeah, thing. yes, 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 yes. Oh, my gosh, they are so insane. I thought you were trying to take credit that you predicted the Scalia was going to die. No, no, no. I was oh, okay, half joking. about. I mean, good. the guy was not the healthiest. We knew that. Oh, yeah, of course. So, uh, Hole tweeted <laughs> out what I learned today. Whose voice is worse to listen to, Schumer or McConnell? Oof. Well, uh, McConnell's because it's going to take a long time to get there, right? I mean, but Schumer's, it's not only the New York accent. It also talks to you like you're a child. My daughter, Emma, was named after Emma Lazarus, who wrote the poem on the Statue of Liberty. Emma Lazarus, my daughter, you're all idiots. The Morning Plays with Doc Thompson. Part of Generation Blaze on the Blaze Radio Network. and comedy. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Oh my gosh, I am so excited. Wow. I, yesterday, I was just over the moon. So we had the Kennedy thing, which was huge, you know, huge story. and that's Oh yeah, the, the retirement, yeah. yeah. Likely good news, likely good news. But then something else out of the Supreme Court just, I am so excited. I mean, I can always use a little extra cash, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I cannot wait until the check from AFTRA comes in the mail. AFTRA. Who's that? The American Federation of Television and Radio Actors. Oh, the, the, the union. Uh, the union? The union for... Yeah, the broadcast uh-huh. union. I cannot wait uh, right. for my check of all the past dues that they stole from me <laughs> comes in the mail. That's what I think the Supreme Court ruling means yesterday, that I get all those that money back, right? <laughs> no, you don't think so? I don't think so. I, uh, I think I it think should. So. I think that I think check should, should come yes, in the mail. I think it should. <clears throat> It you should, don't think it those is? millions they took from people. Because I was planning on standing by the, the mailbox today. You think they use PayPal? They, I, think, I think today's day they use PayPal. Uh, yes. By the way, after I am on PayPal, I'll go ahead and email you my PayPal address later on. You I'll can take PayPal it anyway. If you want to send me a, a Visa card, a prepaid <laughs> Visa, I'm good to go. Gift card? Yeah, they could do that. Target gift card? I'll take it in Target gift card. Why okay. not? Sure. Um, I'll take just about anything. Starbucks gift card. Starbucks gift card. A bag of money. Ooh. I'll just roll up to After HQ and uh, just open <laughs> a duffel up. Duffel bag. The, I'll open up the hatchback of my mom's Honda Fit. I just pile that right in there. So do I bring the shovel? They can or do pay I me bring... in pennies, Chris. I'm fine with it as long as I get the compensation that those SOBs stole from me. Folks, I there are a lot of people and things I do not like that frustrate me. Things that it may not be right that I actually hate. There, okay. there are things that can trigger me like, uh, like instantly. Like there's no tomorrow. I hate AFTRA as much as any of them. <laughs> Why is that? Doc? I hate these unions um, as much as any of them. It is such a failure. It is a lie. It is a scam. It is a money-grabbing uh, 
bureaucracy, adding a level of bureaucracy that does nothing but work against people who believe in freedom and free markets. That's it. It is an abomination. I know the history of unions, and I know some of the good they did way back in the day. Those days are long gone, and now all it is is a bunch of fat guys that are living off of other people not doing the work. That's it. I bring this up because there was a Supreme Court ruling yesterday that has to do with unions. In a 5-4 to split, the Supreme Court ruled that non-members, non-union members, okay, cannot be forced in certain states to pay fees to unions representing public employees. Wow. What that means, if you're not familiar with unions, if you start a job and it's a union shop, you got to stand where a union shop here, a union shop, a union, local 384, that's right, stand in solidarity. What that means is if you start that job, and you get hired, not by the union, you get hired by management. Mm-hmm. Chris, we think you'd be great as an egg candler. Oh, You'd okay. be a perfect egg candler. I'm in. Come on. Uh, um, the shop steward's coming around. Uh, Kirk Jones is the egg candler uh, shop uh, steward for our local 384. Okay. Yeah, he is. Um, so you're going to have to talk to him and you're going to have to join the union. Whoa, I have to. You have to join the union. And if you don't... They're just going to take that money anyways for the dues. But I'm not in the union. Yeah, but you still have to pay those dues. But they're not representing me. Right, exactly. Well, you can be represented, just join the union. But I don't want to. Yeah, then you're still going to pay the dues. So no matter what, I have to join. You still No, you don't have to join, but you're always going to pay the dues. See, you always have to pay the dues, but you don't always have to join. Unbelievable. So then the people say, well, hell, if I have to pay the dues anyways, I might as well join the union. Exactly. Makes sense. That's what they say, right? And by the way, you're probably going to officially join anyways, because if you don't, Kirk Jones and his other egg candler thugs, okay, they're going to go and uh, maybe your car doesn't look the same when you leave uh, whoa, the egg candler whoa. shop today. Talk about getting personal. I'm just saying, maybe, maybe you get a little visit at your house some night from some guys that are just inquiring about if you're part of the union, whoa. encouraging you and your, hey, Maybe your wife and kids get a visit at the supermarket today well, and ask him to go to school, you know? You know, exactly. They're just, they're wanting to help you out. What? They, they visit your wife to encourage her to, you know, tell you that you should join the union, you know? Okay, that's kind of weird. Yeah, you know, they, they like to put some pressures on, you know? Mm. So they take the dues no matter what, and that has been the rule. And it's been not only legal, it's been accepted. What a bunch of nonsense. How is that America? And their argument is, well, you don't understand, Doc. You're benefiting from all the activities that the union have done. Like what? Well, higher wages. Okay. Sometimes that's true. Mm -hmm. Many times it's not. And how do, I mean, in total, they mean, well, the standard is you start at this shop, you made $13.85 an hour. And then year two, you're going to make $27.50. And you get the golden parachute uh, benefits and whatever else. Um, first of all, there's a lot of union shops that don't make any more money than you would at a non-union shop. And how do you know that I wouldn't have been able to negotiate a better deal without them? Yeah. <clears throat> and here's another problem with the unions. The unions, I will even give them that in total they've had power and have raised the level 
of income, benefits as total income package or compensation package, and work conditions. I'll say in your average shop, yeah, there's they get breaks, they get time, you know, to eat, all this stuff. Okay. Let's go ahead and assume that they have given that level of 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 uh, uh, say benefit. Okay. Across the board. Let's just say say it's true. Doc, without those, it would not be as good. Fine. It also stops it from getting any better. Okay. It puts a filter on it both ways. Yes. You say it makes the quality of compensation and work life better? Fine. It raises it all up. What percentage? 10%, 50%, 100%? Okay, fine. But it also puts a cap on it. Mm. There's nobody there's nobody in management going, hey, that union employee, he works twice as much as the other ones. Let's just give him a raise. Mm. No, no, no. No. We know what his salary is. They negotiated it. It's the bare minimum. They're not going to say, let's go ahead and just give them a bunch of news. No, no, we negotiated. And by the way, the negotiations were really difficult. Right? They threatened to strike. It came down to the wire, and we had to put a new Coke machine in and a microwave in the commissary, and they get an extra smoke break, and they get a porn break and whatever else it is. Four more parking spaces up front, and all this stuff, whatever. Okay. We pay more of their retirement. Great. Well, I'm not going to give them any more. We already negotiated. It's done. It's over. So even if you work harder... There's no possibility for advancement. Hmm. Even if you work harder, there's no more money coming. Sorry, that's not me. Hmm. I'm, I would rather sink or swim on my merits. You know how ticked I would be to know that I really succeeded for the company? I came up with something. It saves them money. It makes them money, whatever. And they're like, oh, that's nice. Great, thanks. No, look what I did. Yeah, okay, good. Good job. Oh, you got a union contract. thirteen eighty-five an hour. Okay, great, thanks. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I want the possibility, the unlimited possibilities that come without that union putting a cap on stuff. Now, maybe you want something different, and that's fine. But you should get to decide. And if somebody else doesn't want to join, so be it. And if you want to say, well, then you shouldn't benefit from you know, what the union has negotiated. You know, All yeah. right, I get that there are some things that you can't segregate me from. If if you've negotiated as part of the union, you know, there's a kitchen that is, you know, 15 by 15 with free food or what, certain times off. Okay, you're going to say I can't use that kitchen. It's just, you know, silly. That's um but compensation? Fine, I'll negotiate what I work for. So be it. Yeah. I'm willing to do that. It may be more. I may start less. But to force people and then to take their money is ridiculous very and if you need any further proof that unions are generally a scam in today's world i can i can prove it to you in just a couple of sentences okay hit me you ever see the shop steward or the uh the union boss the regional one you ever meet them no take a look at what car they're driving (laughs) is it a honda fit compare it to yours no Probably not. Probably a big old hoopty that's pretty expensive. (laughs) Take a look at their paycheck and compare it to yours. Take a look at the type of work they do. It's one thing if they're a union rep for an office. 
okay, you all work in the air conditioning. But unions quite often have represented hard-working people. I don't hate the people that work. I have the utmost respect for them. That's the reason I hate the unions. You're getting screwed by the unions. Hard-working people, people that do physical labor. And in the summertime, it's hot. And you come home and you are broken. You got nothing left in the tank. You're dirty. You're sweaty. You've been at it all day. You pull up to the traffic light. Oh, there's my union rep in the car next to me. What's his car look like and what's yours? What does he look like at the end of his day? What do you look like? You're dirty. You're greasy. You're sweaty. You're tired. He's been sitting on his fat ass in an air-conditioned office all day making phone calls protecting your rights. How come he's not working as hard as you? And he takes those union dues? Screw that. If you want to be a union rep, even a regional one, you do that extra. And you stand in that ditch and dig with me for 8, 10 hours a day, getting just as sweaty and dirty, not seeing your family because you're putting in overtime trying to make a couple of extra bucks. You do that crap. And then spend a couple of extra hours on the phone trying to do right for union. And maybe I'll say you're working as hard as me. But until then, you're just a bureaucrat. You're a middleman. They've created an artificial, unnecessary level of bureaucracy. That's it. And I have personal experience with AFTRA. I started working in a radio station in Detroit. And was forced to join the union for our little radio station. What? There were five or six, six stations that the company owned in the, in the city, okay? And they had a, a sports talk station and an all-news station. Not news talk, news. All they do is news, around the clock. Hugely successful. Good station. They had a sports talk station. And they decided to also start a talk station. And that's where I come in. Okay. And they had a couple of music stations too. Well, not all of the stations were union. Okay. The news station was union and filled with Uber progressives. And our little talk station was union. Okay. But the sports talk wasn't, and the other ones weren't. And they said, oh, I'm sorry, you got to join to pay those dues. I am one of those few that said, fine, F you, I'm not, pay- I'm not uh, joining, but I'll just have to pay the dues. I just stood on principle. A buddy of mine, some of you may know him, we'll call him Skip. Because? Uh, because his name is Skip. Okay. <clears throat> he actually joined. Okay. Paying the dues. We took two different paths on this thing or whatever. We find out later that the reason the other station, like the sports talk station, mm-hmm. was not union. Okay. It used to be. And they renegotiated their contracts. The employees got together and said, we want to vote out the union. And the union was pissed. And everybody went into meltdown. So the company offered them a bone and said, when we start our new talk station, we'll make sure they're union. Wow. Interesting. And this is the history of it. So we're working there, um, let's say, four months or so. New station, trying to get it off the ground and build and grow, doing well. And we find out that management is going to uh, flip the format of the station. Okay. To sports talk. Oh. Network sports talk from mm-hmm. Fox News Radio. Fox Sports Radio. And it wasn't a local decision. 
This was CBS. Yeah, it was CBS, not Fox. Uh, CBS was starting their sports network. And the corporate com- the head said, we need this to be in as many of the big markets as we can get. And guess what? Our station was the newest and the most likely, and we hadn't built up revenue. And so they're going to switch and put it on there. Management, local management, had no idea, did not like this decision, and said, okay, fine. We have till the end of the year. This is like June, July to get this right. And we're working on some things because we believe in your format and what you guys are doing. We think you guys are crushing it. We're going to try to put you on one of the other signals. They had all these different plans they were going to work on. And, you know, every week, okay, we're, we got this idea. We're working on it and whatever. And they kept us. And they, they could have just fired us all right then. Local management kept us on. It got to about November. And the general manager came to us and said, guys, we tried all these options and it's just not working out. I'm looking too hot. So end of the year, you know, New Year's Eve's your last, you're, you're off. So you got like six, eight weeks or whatever. Mm-hmm. They kept us informed, tried, and I know exactly what they were working on. I was part of the negotiations and it just couldn't pan out right. And then um, told us months out, you know, kept us on the air and said, you'll have a job for the next couple of months or whatever. So you yeah. get time to look for a new job. All mm-hmm. worked out. <clears throat> the union didn't do anything for us. Wow. Management kept us informed, treated us that well. The union, we had to tell them that they were flipping formats. We had we had a, we had somebody in the station, in the group of stations, in yeah. the same building that didn't know. We had a meeting where management's like, "Here's what's going on. We're flipping. Sorry, the corporate edict came down." So, Skip calls the local shops. It's like, "Hey, what? <laughs> Wait a minute." What was this? Right. Then called the local, the regional person. They're yeah. like, wait, what's going on? We haven't heard anything. This was a day later. <laughs> well, let me see if I could find out any information. We already had the information. We told you, right. <laughs> There's no Radio more. silence for about two weeks and Skip's emailing and calling, right? Finally, um, she emails Skip and goes, hey, have you heard anything? Isn't that your job? Right. What am I hearing? What? You're supposed to be in You're supposed there. to tell us. Aren't you supposed to be in there fighting for our jobs? Yes. Where are you going to put us? Where are you going to do? Nothing. You're supposed to be in the manager's office bothering them. Okay, so what are you going to do with this guy? What are you going to do with this guy? What are you going to do right. with this guy? Hello? One day, she pops in <laughs> with two of those little um, uh, clamshell uh, con- food containers. You know, they call them clamshells because they open like the oh, styrofoam yeah, thing. Yeah. But the c- clear ones... That you get with cookies in them from okay. like Kroger or 7-Eleven or Walmart <laughs> or whatever. Where there's like 10 cookies in each one or whatever. Yeah. Two of those pops in, slaps over the top of the Kroger, Kroger logo or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. The local union logo. <clears throat> hands Stops in. Hey, just stopping to see how it's going. Have you heard about the jobs? Yeah. What's going on here? With this? Oh, no, whatever. In the entire time, all the way up to the end, they did nothing to save the jobs. Right. Horrible. Nothing to protect us. Not, nothing to get us other jobs. Nothing to get us other jobs in other cities with the union. None of that. For all of those benefits, the only thing we got was a couple of those cookies, cookies. that they didn't even bake themselves. They didn't even go to a baker. They went to the local <laughs> supermarket, slapped their label on. <laughs> Meanwhile, management treated us that well. Wow. wow. That's what you get. Wow. We even talked about it on Glenn's show when it was all coming down. Nope. <laughs> That's after for you. Weak, feckless, uh, bureaucracy. You know who still has their job? The shop steward. Really? You know who still has their job? That, us- uh, that uh, regional chick 
because they wow. work for the union. So they can't. The unions are not working for uh, what's right, what's wrong. They're working for themselves. You're waking up to the morning blaze with Doc Thompson, part of Generation Blaze, only on the Blaze Radio Network. It's not offensive if it's true, right? This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. One of the things um, unions have done is, and this is particularly true when it comes to um, public employees, is remove their accountability. This is true of all unions, but in addition to you're not accountable uh, if you screw up and it becomes a lowest common denominator, uh, excuse me, if you don't perform. You're not working as hard because remember, it takes that possibility of the top end where I can't earn more. Why am I going to work harder than the other guy? Right. You just go, I'm only going to work as hard as them. Yeah. Because we're all getting paid the same. Yep. And then he looks at you and goes, well, I'm not going to work as, and everyone just keeps working less and less since there's a bare <laughs> minimum. <laughs> there's no, there's right. nothing done. Nothing gets done. We know that. Everyone knows that's the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, but also there. It's difficult to get fired. There's extra protections because they put the whole force of the union threaten to strike and get other unions involved and whatever that you can absolutely screw up in major ways and not lose your job. We know that as a as a government worker, and I'm not talking local firefighter or cop or even teacher a little bit when it comes to that. But when you work for the federal government, you can you can kill the president and still keep your job. Yeah. They'll still pay you when you go to prison for killing him. I'm serious. It's it's almost that bad. They they just protect to that level. And there's a problem with that. They're protecting you blindly, even when you are in the wrong. They never go, we offered you those protections, but you know what? You screwed this up. You're done. That's how it is. So this SCOTUS ruling has specifically to do with teachers and police, public sector unions, okay? And... It doesn't shut down unions or stop them. It just says you cannot force people to join or pay those dues. So that is a backdoor breaking of the union or union busting a little bit. They will still exist. Some of them will still be effective. Some states, they still will be able to operate this way. It's not a complete done deal. But it is a a good step in the right direction to stop this nonsense that is unions. Now, we had a similar private sector union challenge a couple of years ago, okay. and the Supreme Court ruled on it four to four. Oh, because Gorsuch had not been seated yet, oh. so they ruled on it. But the lower courts had already ruled that yes, you can force people people to pay into it. So the Supreme Court four to four uh, tie stood that the lower court stood lower because court, it was a tie. The decision, yes. So I think moving forward. You're probably going to see another challenge on this on private sector with a full Supreme Court. And if Trump does seat somebody that is conservative, maybe gets another one down the road, you're going to see this flip as well and there will be more challenges. I would say in the next couple of years with this uh, new Supreme Court pick with Kennedy retiring and if Trump gets another one, (laughs) you need to bring as many solid cases and old cases that you Mm -hmm. want flipped 
with new challenges to the mm-hmm. Supreme Court as possible. Yeah, a lot of people are talking about Roe v. Wade. I don't think you have that uh, that coming anytime soon, and I don't think you're going to flip that anytime soon. Yeah, a lot of people were. Uh, I saw a lot of conservative. If Trump seats another Gorsuch, Scalia, Alito type conservative, mm-hmm. you are not going to see. I mean, it, replacing Kennedy, you are not going to see a challenge or a flip of Roe v. Wade. It's mm-hmm. not going to happen. Supreme Court doesn't want to wade into those territories right now. They get to hear what cases they want. Yeah. And, and they pick whatever case they, they want, case right? They pick case they want, right. Um, they, don't, they don't want any of that muddiness right now. Mm-hmm. That's already been adjudicated many times. They don't want it. The only way you get a good challenge to Roe v. Wade is if there's another one like or two Wade. in a different – no, uh, a Supreme Court oh, pick. Okay. In addition oh, to it, Kennedy it, retiring. It has to go, okay, Trump gets another one. Ruth Buzzy Ginsburg goes down next year, mm-hmm. and, and he gets another, another pick. One. Then you're talking because they also want a solid. They don't want a five four. No, they want it like a. They good... want it to breeze through. They want to pick. Mm-hmm. They want it to be a minimum of six to three, six to three. guaranteed. Yep. yep, yep. Seven to two. Ye- oh, that's the territory they're looking Seven for. Seven to two. Right. There's no questions on that. But one. some of these ones that are a little more confusing, not as obvious, but would do some real good, like this one. That's where you want. Uh, do you think Obamacare will get challenged again? At some point, but not, well, not nothing not soon. Yet. Nothing soon, and, and and people are not as passionate about it because it's not affecting us the same way as it used to. Okay, pieces of it are are done. Did- so yeah, uh, but there's a lot of good cases that could come up. Quick break and back with more. Uh, get your tweets in with the hashtag What I Learned Today. This is the Morning Blaze. with Doc Thompson. The Blaze Radio Network. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. On the Blaze Radio Network. All right, tweets now. Hashtag what I learned today. You got uh, Donna tweeting out, unions do not belong in the public sector. You know, by the way, I, I struggle with the union thing, too, because I recognize that it is also uh, the right and freedom of people to unionize because I do support okay. freedom to that level. Okay. I do. So... Do it, fine, organize, got it, but don't force others to. First of all, any union thuggery, even mild intimidation, is absolutely wrong. Absolutely wrong. It's reprehensible. How do you justify that level of of bad and say you're doing good? Yeah. But you shouldn't force anybody. You shouldn't be requiring people to do. I get that there are some difficulties, as I said, because if they are negotiating on behalf of a better work environment and I benefit from it, even though I don't pay into the union, that could be problematic. I get that there is a gray area that's a little dicey, but I'm not trying to stop you from organizing. That is certainly within your right, but it should not be supported and nobody else should be forced. And the government shouldn't support it. We shouldn't have, um, you know, the... um, uh, Department of Labor that is actually supporting unions. <clears throat> yeah. The government shouldn't be taking sides on these things. 
Uh, you also have uh, <laughs> this is a funny one. Doc Tiny Sack saying, uh, "I wonder how Justice Ginsburg plans not plan to not retire during Trump's time in office worked out for her and the other leftists." Right. She should have retired. Had they had they retired under Obama, they would been. He would have gotten the pick, but it would have been yeah. really young picks too, because Sotomayor and Kagan are relatively young. Yep. Yep. Wow. Yep. Interesting. That's a good pick. I got to get a quick break, tell you about Riduzone. Riduzone, such a cool product. I was telling people about it yesterday. The guy comes to me, a buddy, and goes, yeah, I got done running. And he goes, oh, you lost a bunch of weight. I said, Riduzone has been a big help uh, for me and people around the office. I said, and I've been running like crazy. And he goes, what's Riduzone? I go, oh, man, thanks for listening to the broadcast. Because that, that's a tip-off when they don't know if you're not listening. And I explained to him, Riduzone is a product that was developed with uh, research over the course of years from the University of California. And uh, it said they were studying this molecule called OEA that your body makes, and it's found in various foods and things around, um, around your environment, even in the Mediterranean diet foods like olive oil and stuff. And what it does is it naturally gives your body a full feeling, so you don't want to eat. It tricks you to thinking you're full, and then also boosts your metabolism, and it works. And in concentrated amounts, it works very well. So it's one of, you know, how like certain uh, things in your body will make you tired or certain things make you happy, you know, dopamine and all these different things. Well, this is what they were studying with OEA, that it has these effects on you. So like, what if we amp that up? What if we do concentrated amounts? And they're like, oh, yeah, it's on. A couple guys got together and said, we can make a product that will help people and benefit them with weight loss. And that's what they did. They brought it to market. It's called Riduzone. It's only been around for a short time, but it's working for a lot of people. And you will love it. Riduzone.com. R-I-D-U-Zone.com. This is going to help you shave off that edge, that those cravings you get every day as you make the lifestyle change. If you want to be healthier and thinner, you can't even rely on just Riduzone for the rest of your life. This has got to be a long-time commitment. This has to be something where you're going to say, I am just eating more plants. I'm not saying you can't eat meat and everything else. You've got to eat more plants. We get enough protein in our diet and all of this stuff. More plants. But as we transition and get ourselves used to this, take the edge off that crazy cravings that you get. The obsessive, I got to go out and eat with Riduzone. Let it help you make that transition. Riduzone.com. R-I-D-U-Zone.com. Joining us now, uh, the senior fellow and editor-in-chief of the Cato Supreme Court Review. Is it Isla Shapiro? Ilya. Ilya, how are you? I'm doing well, doing well. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, I wanted to get you on to, uh, obviously we love uh, the folks at Cato, but we wanted to get you on to talk about this uh, Supreme Court ruling about unions and help us understand this. I'm not a union fan. I think they ought to have a right, you know, freedom to organize if they want, but I shouldn't be forced to pay if I don't want to join. Well, that's the point. Uh, we've seen several cases this term about being compelled to associate yourself with or support a message that you don't agree with. And in this case, uh, 22 states have laws or now had laws because those are no longer valid now uh, that allowed unions to charge fees. In this case, this is a case out of Illinois, 78 percent of the normal union dues. So it's not just some small amount to non-union members, which were supposed to go solely to collective bargaining on the idea that, well, you're benefiting from this bargain that we drive on behalf of the union members, so you should pay for it. Okay, you don't have to pay for our political activity, our electioneering and all that, but at least the collective bargaining you have to pay for. And the court here said uh, two things. First of all, 
um, this is still forcing someone to pay for something they they, they might not want. Right. Uh, that is, if I want uh, more uh, higher pay rather than tenure protections or something like that, or whatever the union is bargaining for, I might not want that. You know, thank you, thanks, but no thanks for that bargain that you're driving. But also in the public sector, you really can't split up what's political or electioneering versus what's purely collective bargaining. You say that gets public, that gets pretty muddy pretty quick, doesn't it? Well, right, because everything you negotiate affects state budgets or education policy, transportation mm. policy, government contracts, all these different things that are clearly matters of political relevance. So unlike in the private sector, in the public sector, you really the, the calculus works a different way and the, the, the First Amendment uh, uh, considerations work differently. And so that's why the court overturned a 40-year-old precedent that uh, allowed states to do this. And so now these 22 will have to go about it the same way that the other 28 did. And it's not like unions have died in the other 28. They actually just have to be more efficient and actually responsive to what members want in order to attract people who want to pay them dues. So this levels the playing field across all 50 states. That's right. It, okay. it simply sets the rule that uh, you can't be forced as an if you don't want to join the union, you can't be forced to uh, to pay any part of the dues. Brings them all in line. Now we had a similar case with private unions. I mentioned a couple of years ago, but the Supreme Court only had eight and ended up being a four to four split. Do you think we'll likely see another challenge on this based on our current ruling um, on the private sector unions? Well, the, what, the case you're talking about was actually the exact same one as as this one. It split four to four. It was the same public sector union. Uh, uh, oh, I thought that was Scalia. the private sector one. There are different sorts of cases that are brought in the, in the that had been brought in the private sector. And this is why people were predicting that this would be uh, a ruling for the workers against the unions, because that's how things had gone. And Justice Alito was the one writing them uh, about opt-ins and opt-outs for certain things. Uh, but uh, what the question you're asking is about right-to-work laws. That is, is there a federal constitutional right? Uh, not to have to pay dues to the union in the private sector. Right. Uh, that's that's more dubious. I think as a matter of policy, a number of states, especially in the last decade, have put that in, uh, either legislatively or through referenda. But I'm not sure that as a matter of constitutional law, the union can't contract with the employer to say, okay, we're going to be a union shop. That's a matter of freedom of contract. It works differently, again, in the public sector gotcha. when it's the government, which has, you know, but but in the private sector, I think uh, unless you you change the law as a matter of of of, uh, of leg- a positive law of legislation, uh, I think that's uh, I don't think the Constitution has much to say about so, it. So so what you'd have is uh, private companies choosing whether or not to agree to those union standards where everybody must pay into the union, so on and so forth. That, that's right. That's right. So any company could theoretically say, okay, we're not going to be a union shop, so we don't have to worry about it anyway. That, that's right. You know, federal law should not be privileging those kinds of relationships, but uh, but it also, I don't think, uh, can or, or should uh, disallow them. Wow, that's awesome. That's good information to uh, to distinguish between the two of them that way. I'm uh, I'm particularly frustrated over um, over this as well. I understand that the unions say, well, if we are collective bargaining and you don't join the union, you benefit from all of this work we've done, so you pay the dues. Is there what what are those states that have already moved beyond this where they force people to pay some dues in? Um, they've not gone away, right? They've still been successful for what they want. No, apparently they're still effective for collective bargaining, precisely for managing the employer employee relationship, 
adjudicating disputes and, and things like that. What they have lost is the ability to get involved in national politics. Um, that is, you know, why should a, a local uh, government uh, employee union be involved in the national debate over uh, whether it's abortion or gun rights or Obamacare or anything else? Uh, they, they, they've transformed the unions to pure uh, bargaining units, what they're supposed to be representing the workers rather than political entities. And that's really what the union pushback is. And frankly, because 98 or 99 percent of their donations are to the Democratic Party, that's what the, the left's uh, response to this ruling, uh, where that comes from. We had a lot of other uh, interesting cases just come down. Are they done? We've gotten all their – we've heard all of them now. They've got all their decisions, right? This we're done. Session? Those of us okay. that, that watch the court for a living are, uh, you know, we're, we're exhausted <laughs> because it's been five straight days, plus now the Kennedy retirement. So, uh, yeah, but they're, they're, they're done. There's nothing new coming down. So the Kennedy retirement, that's pretty big news. But he's been – I don't think most people realized he still b- voted much more conservative than not over his 30 years on the, on the Supreme Court. I mean, it, it depends how you measure. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm always skeptical of these metrics of who's moving left, moving right. <laughs> they shifted over their career because it, it, it all depends on the mix of cases. Uh, activists and, and others who bring lawsuits uh, look at what the composition of the court is. And if they feel that the court is in a particular direction, might be friendly, they might bring a more adventurous suit that ultimately loses that if the court had already been, uh, you know, to the other side, they simply wouldn't have brought the suit. Um, I don't know how to characterize whether overall he's more conservative. It depends how you define conservative. Okay. He certainly wasn't an originalist right. uh, or a textualist. He kind of had his own theories of how to apply constitutional law. He, uh, disple- he didn't please anybody all of the time. Uh, he was often called the libertarian justice, although, uh, and indeed, he did agree with, with Cato's position probably more than, than most other justices most years, but not because of uh, a certain view of the Constitution that agrees with the types of briefs that Cato filed, but just he got to the result that, uh, you know, whether it's combining voting both for gay marriage and against Obamacare, take those two cases already. There's very few groups or individuals that hold mm-hmm. uh, that view, but he managed to get there. Uh, so he was certainly, in the end, kind of a, a, a moderate. Um, uh, you know, I don't know whether at the end of the day, more liberal or more conservative, those are artificial terms uh, right. in a certain sense, but uh, definitely of a, a different mold than, than anybody else who's currently on the court. So we also had some other interesting cases. We had the um, Internet sales tax uh, come down. That was uh, interesting. Do you think they got that one right? I don't. That's the one big case this term that I disagree with. And that one was not a standard uh, liberal versus conservative with Kennedy as the, uh, as the deciding vote. Um, uh, this one turned uh, at least for, the, at least for uh, uh, Thomas and Gorsuch, who were in the majority to allow state taxation of businesses who did not have a physical presence uh, in the state, on what, uh, this is, a, a pardon me for getting into the legal weeds for a bit, it's called the Dormant Commerce Clause. That is, we might be familiar with the Commerce Clause, Congress's mm-hmm. power to regulate interstate commerce. That came up, obviously, during the Obamacare fight. Where does Congress get the power to do these things? Blah, blah. Well, what if Congress isn't involved, is not involved in a given area? Can it occupy that field and prevent states from getting involved because it's properly a matter of interstate commerce? And by not regulating, Cong- Congress has taken a decision to leave that uh, kind of free of, of, of regulation in that way. Um, uh, Thomas and, and Gorsuch uh, and Scalia was of this mold as well, saying no, unless unless 
Congress has taken a particular view. There's no, the Constitution doesn't say that when Congress doesn't act, you know, nobody can. Uh, I disagree with that. I think there's kind of an implicit, if something is either left to state regulation or to federal regulation, whether Congress chooses to regulate or not. But anyway, regardless, uh, the court, the majority uh, uh, disagreed with me uh, on that and said that, yeah, because in the modern economy, the inter- interstate commerce happens whether you have a physical presence or not, and therefore states are now going to be free to, not necessarily that they all will be, but they are now free to uh, regulate companies that uh, at least transact significant business. Uh, and this is not about Amazon. Amazon was actually one of the biggest winners of this ruling uh, because it already was collecting state sales taxes, at least most places, because Amazon is physically located in most states, they have warehouses and distribution centers and, and whatnot. But who? The, but now Amazon won't have to face competition from, well, the company that was at the center of this lawsuit, Wayfair. There's other ones, mm-hmm. Overstock.com, others that, that fulfill uh, uh, orders made purely on the Internet. So now uh, they will have to pay the same uh, taxes that, that Amazon had been. Uh, unclear. The, the other big winners, of course, are, are software companies that will now be writing tax compliance software uh, <laughs> to help, help small businesses uh, right. uh, comply with all this stuff. But uh, That's consumers right. are going to be paying a bit more, and small businesses are, uh, you know, they're going to have to adjust to all of this. So a little instability about what's going to happen in the business world for the next little little while until this all shakes out. And you know what this brings front and center now is the debate over taxation in general for each state and uh, who you're putting in office in your state and what they're going to what they're going to expect of us. Uh, another interesting ruling was the travel ban. I think they got this one right. Uh, I uh, if if the travel ban had truly been anti-Muslim, if Trump said we're just going to ban Muslims, I absolutely would be fighting against it. I wouldn't stand for it. But I don't think it was. I think he got a pass, uh, regardless of what he tweeted and said, based on the structure of the travel ban. I think that's right. Uh, and I'm not a fan of the travel ban. I, I think it's it's poorly crafted policy. If True. your goal is to go after you know, threats to national security, uh, people from these countries uh, have not uh, committed terrorist acts in, in the United States. And uh, lots of countries that were, whose nationals have uh, were not on the list. And they only represent... Uh, the countries on the list only represent 8% of the global Muslim world. I mean, the biggest countries, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, Indonesia, uh, Pakistan, are, are not on there. So I, I think you're right. Uh, so as a matter of I always like to have examples of places where my legal analysis diverges from my policy preferences. Because that's, a, that's uh, you know, I always tell people that that's the mark of, a, of a intellectual integrity. And so I, I do agree with this ruling because, especially Travel Ban 3.0, we're not talking about the Stephen Miller special, the first week of the Trump administration, <laughs> right. where there was chaos at the airport and, and all of that, wasn't properly lawyered. By the time 3.0 rule of rolled around, there was an interagency process. It was properly delineated in the legal papers. And uh, as you say, courts deferred to the executive branch on determinations of national security. I think rightly so. Uh, and regardless of Trump's tweets and all that, the court mentioned that. They said that's not nothing. Uh, but still, uh, you know, if it would, had just been that and then, boom, Muslims can't enter, that's a different situation right. than this narrowly drawn uh, proclamation. And as a matter of statutory law, uh, Congress does give the president broad discretion, not over uh, setting rules for who can get a green card or anything like that, but in terms of what class of aliens can be blocked from entering the country, and not just for national security reasons, for reasons of the national interest. That might be 
if there's a public health epidemic or if there's some economic reason or, or something like that uh, detrimental to the national interest. So I think on balance, the court got that right. And by the way, the view that this was a, you know, anti-Muslim, just bigoted, uh, uh, Trump is a bad man, kind of we must resist this sort of uh, rhetoric, that only picked up two justices, Sotomayor and Ginsburg. The mm. other two who were in dissent wrote kind of a, a milquetoast uh, dissent that was really like, well, maybe we don't know. Let's get some more fact-finding and evidence about what this is all about, kind of a hand-rigging sort of thing. I guess they didn't want to join the majority, but they certainly weren't about to join the, uh, uh, yeah, the, the more fiery dissent yeah. in saying that this is, you know, the republic is collapsing. Mr. Shapiro, we really appreciate you joining us. And uh, what we'll do is we'll tweet out a link to uh, your information at Cato. My pleasure. Take care. Thanks so much. Ilya Shapiro, Senior Fellow and Editor-in-Chief of the Cato Supreme Court Review. Lots of good information. Quick break. Back with more in a minute on The Morning Blaze. Knowledge is power. Tweet at us with the hashtag what I learned today. This is The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, congratulations, you have a sense of humor. This is the Morning Blaze. Thank you for learning things. That's what this program is about, us learning things. Are they learning things? Of course, plenty of things. Just look at the Twitters. I am looking at the Twitters. Twitters. So far, what I learned today. So far, nothing's worth reading. Nothing is worth reading. Nothing is worth one. Not one. You're calling them out. Here we go. You're throwing the smack. Spaceballs USA saying toilet seat 101. What I learned today. Toilet seat 101. What do you mean? Exactly. What's the rest of it? There's nothing. There's nothing else. There's got to be something else. There's not doc. There's no toilet seat 101. Hashtag what I learned today at Doc Thompson show. You think they're asking what is toilet seat? 101 etiquette well, like they're asking you is it a question did we talk did we finish talking about toilet seats oh i don't know we were even talking about that Damn, we were not hmm. well perhaps we just move on and uh i share with you some information on patriot mobile i think you should this is so important now more than ever look mm. at look at these opportunities we have unbelievable you, right so we have people protesting at cabinet members homes and houses and ice members houses this is unacceptable. I'm sorry, because it's not just, I want my voice heard. Yeah. I mean, you can do it legally. Yes. There are legal ways to do it. I'm not saying that. But as a society, as a people, we should say that is intimidation. Yes. You know what you're doing. You want children and spouses and people afraid. You're forcing your voice onto others. You should not be forcing anything. You shouldn't, but it's a fear thing, too. You're trying to intimidate. You're not just being heard. You're trying to intimidate, and not their career. Mm-hmm. You're trying to intimidate them as a person. Like, we are going to F Emotions. you up. We yeah. are going to hurt you. Yeah. Sorry, you, you shouldn't be doing that. Well... You know who's responsible for a bunch of that's Credo Action. And who is Credo Action, Doc Thompson? Credo Action was a mo- is a mobile company. Well, Credo Mobile is a mobile company. Right. Credo Action is one arm of theirs, yeah. whatever. The, when they take the money from people's mobile service, they put it into Credo Action, and they go out and protest people's homes and that. Yep. And they started with that principle. They said, we need to start a business that will make money and will fund all the proceeds of that, ben- of that uh, company into doing political action stuff. Hmm. <clears throat> Political, political activities. And that's what they've done. 
So Patriot Mobile, they were started because they found out Credo Mobile is doing this stuff. And like, we have got to balance the scale somehow. And by the way, we're capitalists. We think we can actually make some money. And they have. They have great customer service and coverage, amazing deals for you as well. And it is the only non-progressive mobile company, big or small, operating in America today. Mm. Every other one, in varying degrees, takes your money and puts it to causes and services and candidates to things that are going to hurt you and your family long-term based on your values. Mm. Sign up for Patriot Mobile today, please. PatriotMobile.com slash doc or 800-APATRIOT. 1-800-A-PATRIOT or PatriotMobile.com slash doc. It's only going to take you a couple of minutes. Uh, you can get an iPhone 6S for 6 bucks a month, a J7, whatever, whatever that, that is. is, for 6 bucks a month as well. Unlimited nationwide plans start at about $20. They're inexpensive, and they are working for you. Really nice people, too. The people that we've met from Patriot Mobile are just good people. And Maury, Hannah, the other chick, Priscilla, amazing people. Just sign up today, patriotmobile.com slash doc. Constitutional drunk tweeting out what I learned today, Harambe for Supreme Court. <laughs> and then he has a meme of Harambe saying, I expected more. Uh, that's almost too easy because you know you're going to get a laugh I from know. us. You are, but, <laughs> but it's still but funny. But it's still funny. So, okay, you're still going to get a laugh. It's still. Uh, I mean, that is low-hanging fruit. Yes, yes. Well, a spot saying when Chris Cruz says there's nothing on Twitter worth talking about, it really means I forgot to pull tweet deck. No, Doc, did I have tweet deck up? Doc, don't you, Doc, don't okay, you dare do Okay, he had it up, but I'm and not, I, sure, no, I'm not was, sure he went back. Before you Because you are right to nail him that the most current ones are the ones that get read. If he sees it. I mean, so you told me in the interview, say, hey, man, you get good tweets. I've been looking for tweets for like 10 minutes. Nothing Technically, they're wrong. <laughs> this is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network. societal rules or norms of hashtag me too. Okay. Okay. Where we no longer are the same Neanderthals, just pigs, knuckle dragging men causing trouble okay. in society. Okay. Where we now are a little more enlightened. Okay. And we've changed a little bit. I've got a very important story to share with you. Okay. Something very, very important. That I think is going to do a lot of good in this world. First, though, I have to tell you about earwax. Earwax is trouble. Earwax is going to be a problem for you. S- smooth transition. It was smooth, isn't it? Very smooth. Oh, you, earwax is trouble, it. isn't it? It is. Yes. It, you tell it me it's not get, a problem? It could get troubling. Who likes earwax buildup? Nobody likes that. Freaks. I don't like wax buildup on my tables. That's the reason I use N-Dust regularly. I mean, over the years, watching all those game shows in the middle of the day, I let wax buildup is trouble. So you use Pledge now and then, but if you use it every day, it's wax buildup. I use end dust to dust it, <laughs> and then once in a while, wax. Okay. 
Because okay. wax buildup is trouble. Yes. We know yes. that. Yes. Same thing in your ear. I yes. use I use uh, dust for daily cleaning of my ears, and I use Pledge once in a while because I don't want earwax buildup either. <laughs> Did I get the duck? No, you don't do that. You don't stick anything in there. You use WaxRx. Yes. It's a great system. Just go to usewaxrx.com, fix up a, pick up a WaxRx system. What it does is three stages. It's got eardrops that go ahead and soften the uh, earwax. Then you can more safely and effectively and efficiently go ahead and uh, loosen that up and get it out with the specially designed pump that just flushes it all out. Then you finish it off with a pH balance rinse, and it works awesome. Now, if you run out of the eardrops, you don't have to buy the whole kit again. You just get the replacement eardrops. So it's inexpensive as well. By the way, that's something we would not do. Who actually, if we were in charge of use Wax RS, oh, we'll you make you get the buy. whole kit again. Sorry, so one time we use would. only. It dissolves. After you're done, it self destructs. It's just, or, or you just do a lesser quality, then <laughs> it's even cheaper. It naturally breaks. You're like, <laughs> you get the whole kit. You know, so you got to sell just the replacements. Then we're not able to do that. Yeah. Sorry. The, Wait, what? At the factory, we can't do it separately. It's just too cost uh, prohibitive. And by that, we mean we don't make as don't much make money. <laughs> Use Wax RX. They're not like that. They're actually scrupulous. We would be unscrupulous. They're quite scrupulous. It's usewaxrx.com. The promo code you want to remember is radio because it'll be shipped to your door for free. It's usewaxrx.com. So, Chris, in our ever changing world, where we know that we've now got to act differently, women have a new place in the world a new level of respect and things that you thought were acceptable and maybe even used to be acceptable no longer are acceptable. They're just not. We've got to be more concerned with what women want and what they need. Okay. Are you committed to that? Are you committed to being there and working with me? Okay. Yes, I am. I am. Okay, good. Because there's a writer from the UK from the sun who uh, just wrote an article, and I'll go ahead and share a link when I get a a second as well. Um, She's a writer, uh, blogger, who who shared a story about something that happened to her. It was unexpected, but it was incredibly liberating. Okay. And I think if it worked for her, it should work for all women in all offices. And I would encourage women to read the article. Okay. She writes, and her name is Nadia Bukhari. I'm sorry? Nadia Bukhari. Anyways, she said, one morning while running particularly late for work, I did the unthinkable. I left the house without a bra on. It was, in fact, an oversight in my haste to dress and dash for the door. I threw my blouse straight over my naked chest, but it also happened to be one of the best wardrobe bloopers I've ever made. She wrote, instead of spending the usual 10 or so minutes agonizing over what to wear and which bra to pair with it, I was on my way with a snap. At the office, I was no longer plagued by the tugging sensation of lacy torture devices strapped around my bust. I felt for the first time truly comfortable at my desk and breezed through the day's tasks before lunch. Chris. Wow. She went brawless and she had a better day. Hmm. I'm checking my. I, I am ready to say, women, if you need to do this, please, please do this. You know, let's bring back that burning the bra campaign back. Just throw them out, Just burn them, whatever. Lacy torture. I, how? I have not known this is what you go neither. through. No, 
I did not know this is the type of struggles you have. I Had know. I known, I would have encouraged this years ago. Get rid of the bra. Take it off. I, for the first time, I actually agree. I'm encouraging all women to go brawless now. Yes. Go bra- and by the way, you women that are also saying it is unfair that men can just take their top off and go to the beach, or I run, I take my shirt off. Oh, you do? So I'm not encumbered by this. Sh- Ladies, run do you support? without a shirt on. you support that? Absolutely. Wow, you Why are Why just... would I want to deny them comfort? You know, I would That ne- is not me, Chris. That is not me. I would have never guessed I would say this, but I didn't know you were such a champion for women. Hashtag me too. If it is right for men, it is right for women. I agree. And by the way, there are some women in particular I really want to encourage. Yes. Some women. I'll make a list around the office. If, if you're interested, ladies around the office, just pop in and I'll tell you if you're one that I, I give the extra encouragement to. Mm. You know, just just because I care. Like Linda from accounting? I put her on the list. Is she on the I, list? She, she's in the top. She's in the top ten. What about she, Heidi from, you know, from next door? Heidi's a little further down, but still high on the list. Don't so, get me wrong. Okay, and and by the way, this is all women. Yes. I'm just saying there's yes. a couple of women that I I think probably need the extra encouragement. What about Janice? Don't bring edit that out. I don't want Janice Not to hear Janice. It. I encourage her just because I support all women. Okay. Don't walk by her office. Okay. This blogger writes, my new more laid back self was also less compelled to check my appearance throughout the day. Being bra-free made me stop and take stock of the fact that the way I looked had nothing to do with how well I performed at my job. Thank you. Hallelujah, sister. Yes. Hallelujah. Preach it. Preach Hashtag it. me too. I mean, it, this is like suffrage here. This is bra suffrage. Mm-hmm. Go braless. She had, I was, it was strangely empowering and a remarkably productive day. She said she now refuses to wear a bra at work and says she believes it is bad for women to spend a life dutifully strapping down your melons. That's what she says. That's, okay, okay. I'm, that's not my okay. word. I would okay. not be so crass. Okay. It goes to professional term is breasticles. Breasticles. I use yes. proper terminology on this broadcast. You're a doctor. I am a doctor of aromatherapy, but of course... We are trained in other things as well. We just don't specialize in those things. She said, and this is a quote, dutifully strapping down your melons. She points to a study at the University of Professor Dallasaha. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Again? It was a study at Uh the University of Frasaha and the professor, Dean Hohas, who conducted the study, into the effects of bras and concluded that medically and physiologically... The breast does not benefit from being deprived of gravity. What's what's huh? medically and physiologically? Uh-huh. Anatomically, the breast does not benefit from being deprived of gravity. <laughs> they don't want they do not benefit. How does it benefit them from being deprived of gravity? It does not. Okay. <clears throat> Let them free. <laughs> Air them out. Let the freak fly fly. Let the freak the freak flags fly. <laughs> she added bras serve to reinforce the pervasive idea that our bodies need to be manipulated <gasps> in order to benefit for consumption. I see what she did there. 
Manipulated. Manipulated. And who created the bra? Men. A man. She scoffed at the idea that wearing a bra to work is part of being well-groomed professionals because she said, you know, breasts are distracting. She said, honestly, if my male coworkers can't concentrate on their job because they can see a hint of nipple underneath my shirt, it says more about their maturity level than the suitability for their jobs than it does about mine. You know, Chris, I... Ooh. You okay? I... You gotta give me a minute. You okay? Sometimes people are just doing such good work in the world. It just, <clears throat> it just gets me all it, choked it up. It, it does. You. It does. Good it for her. You. Good for her. Yep. <clears throat> she said women have been dealing with this BS expectations around our appearance since Adam first body shamed Eve into finding a bigger loincloth. What? <clears throat> uh, fig leaf. But other than that, okay. You know, Adam first shamed Eve. Yes. What up with that? Why are you? How naked? about more? You know, you're gonna need a couple of those fig leaves here. You better get a couple more, and uh, you know, maybe a whole bush of fish fig leaves, and then probably loincloth. You know, something like that. She said, "We have a right to work in a place where we can feel safe and feel free from harassment or discrimination." I absolutely agree with that. She said, "In turn, our employers." Are entitled to hold us to high workplace standards. Okay. You okay. are, you know, yeah. dress professional. However, and this is the important part right here. To date, I am yet to come across a single piece of scientific evidence that unequivocally proves that underwear, that the underwear we do or do not wear to our jobs has any correlation whatsoever with our commitment to performance or achievements. Mm. Now, I primarily agree with that. Mm-hmm, there, mm-hmm. I will take a little exception. Okay. And the okay. exception is that's based on the individual. Yes. Um, blanket statements of you must wear or you cannot wear underwear type things and bras or whatever. Yes, of course not. But I mean, I think we all have the, uh, the old underwear day. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> you didn't do laundry. You go to the underwear drawer. You pull out the last pair and it's the old pair that's a little stretched out or a little whatever mm. and it just doesn't fit as good. No, it doesn't. And when you get dressed, you just don't have that same positive outlook mm. for the day. You don't have that same spring in your step what with the baggy yes. underwear that are not, you know, properly containing the things that you need to The grandma ones. Right, exactly. The, you know, whatever. I mean, you put on a, a pair of underwear that feel more comfortable, sure. That's, you know, first the Mac Weldon's, you know, the Mac right. Weldon. And th- those are the ones you wear first, right? Yeah. It's laundry day yes. the next day. Boom. Good underwear. And you're like, feel you great. Wonderful. You feel and happy. You get down to it. Right. So aside from that, but blanket. Anyway, she concludes with, which is why I will not be wearing a bra into the office anytime soon because I'm damn good at my job and I don't need to strap my boobs down to prove it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, I'm free at last. Let them go. I will be holding a Free Those Puppies march this afternoon around the Blaze offices. We will take it to the streets. If you need to wear a kitty cat hat, if we need to go to D.C., fine. We will take it to the... Where's that hog kid? We need to get him involved. Hashtag me too. 
No with Weinstein, whatever it takes. Alyssa Milano. Alyssa Milano, the famous cookie lady. Let's get her involved. Let them go. Nothing with the cookies, but. Let them free. How dare men keep women down all these years? Ladies, you have been oppressed far too long. Far Mm. too long. Mm. Mm. It is time we go. This is my commitment to you, to standing with you, the oppressed, brawl-wearing ladies of America. These fascist men saying you must hide what God Mm. has given you. Mm. No. It is time for the world to look at you differently. I mean. And it'll probably be like this. Oh, gosh. Look at the office. Inappropriately appropriating cultures since 2012. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network. Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. We've done a lot of good here today. We've done a lot of good. I feel yeah. good about the broadcast. I do. This I do. is the one that you say, yes, we finally we got it. We got, got it, it done right. today. Some um, days you do a little good. Some days you do a little today. This is, this is one for the record books. This is one to save. This will be the one that gets me into the broadcast hall of fame. Hey, they just, this will be the one they play back when they say, not only was he a broadcaster, an exceptional broadcaster, an amazing broadcaster, one of the best ever. He also did a lot of good with his broadcast, yeah. committing that time to changing the world positive ways. All I'm going to say mm-hmm. is um, you forgot one little tiny detail. That Chris Cruz was a part of that positive oh, change you. or whatever. You thank really you. were. You were thank here. You. Thank you, you should write that down. This is one for the thank diary. You. I was there. Was there. Man, walked on the moon. Can't believe it. Finally. Um, yeah. Is she hot? Who? Uh, the bra- brawless lady. Chris, it's, it's not about uh, that. Nadia Bocotti. Yeah, it's not about if she's hot. It's, no, no, it's seriously, not, seriously, is she hot? I've not seen this. It, this I have a picture Chris, in my head. Chris, I we see don't it. do these things because she's hot. She's, no, no, no. Again, seriously, is she hot? Yeah, she's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> this is the this is one that you like. Okay, you can see brawless. I'm just saying, you know. I mean, if I'm being honest, and that's what yes, we're about, please, I will say please. yes, she is. It has nothing to do with with whether or not she goes brawless. Okay. But yeah, she is. I want you to tweet out a link so people can see the story. I will. I will. <clears throat> Good for her. Good for her. Imagine the good that she goes. She gets home and she says, I, I don't know if she's married. Uh, I don't know if she's, oh, she's, um, not. she's not friends, family, parents, maybe mom and dad. She says, today I got it done. Today I got a lot of good done in the world. I went brawless. <laughs> there are starving children. There are people being oppressed, raped, and tortured around the globe. And I added to the change, the positive change of this world by going brawless. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you. No, I mean, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of subtle ways you can bring positive change to the world, right? You, know, you don't have to just, you know, physically feed children. You don't have to rescue people from oppression in North Korean prisons. You could do smaller. Here, you could do something nice for a coworker. Okay. That's a little subtle way. Something nice like that makes the world a better place, right? Okay. You could um, go brawless. Okay. Helping women go brawless, right? 
Um, these are all subtle ways to make the better world a better place. Here's another way you can make the world a better place by making the world cleaner. Oh, right. Like Clean around the office. You're a little more cleanly. Products. Absolutely. It's going to make the world a better place. And I've got a way you can do that with Genesis 950. You stop off at Genesis950.com. Buy yourself a gallon of the concentrated Genesis 950. You will have that in the cabinet. You will use it over the course of months, maybe years, because you're creating eight gallons from that seven gallon of concentrate. You add seven, or, uh, seven gallons of water and you make eight gallons from that one gallon of con- concentrate. And you can use it. As you go, you don't have to make it all up at once, but it cleans all kinds of surfaces. You can clean carpeting. You can even put it in the the carpet shampoo, or you can countertops and desktops and floors and rugs and walls and bathrooms and kitchens. You can clean all this stuff. Now, I know you don't work for Genesis 950, but can you say if this product could be used braless? I cannot speak for the company. I don't know what their product is, what their uh, policy is. Okay. But, you know, for their product or at their office. Okay. But yes, I feel confident having used this product. Okay. That you can use this braless. Wow. I don't know what more. I don't know. It's done. Genesis950.com. <laughs> promo code Blaze. That's all you need. Genesis950.com. Promo code Blaze. It gets it done. You can use it braless. That's it. Now, sometimes, let me just oh. say, if you read the back of a of a shampoo bottle or mm-hmm. a cleaning product or whatever, it'll say mm-hmm. it's illegal to use this, not within federal guidelines. Mm-hmm. It's designed for certain things. That's fine. I'm just saying, with my experience, you can use it braless. Mm. Follow the federal guidelines. Okay. But if the federal guidelines are that you can't, hmm, Uh-oh. shouldn't we change the federal? Yes. Okay. And Genes- who, is, who is the government to tell me if I could be brawless? How or not? dare they? Who Talk are about they? big government control. That's that's what I say, Chris. Genesis950.com, promo code Blaze. Last night I had an opportunity to uh, speak with a woman. Oh, God. I think you'll appreciate this. Okay. This is a woman who is right around 50 ish. Okay. 50, 51 ish. A lovely woman. Very nice. She is an entrepreneur. And has been a cereal entrepreneur. Like cereal breakfast? No, like cereal like many times oh, her entire life. I got hungry for a second. And she has, uh, she told me how she had started some of her early companies, right? Okay. And she's got a current company. I met her uh, a couple of months back at the National Restaurant Association show oh, in Chicago. Okay. <clears throat> at some point, I'll introduce you to her on this show because she is a basket of fun. <laughs> She has 10 amazing entrepreneurial stories and just love her attitude. Amazing. (laughs) Now, I'm going to share with you uh, who she is yet because I have a little story to tell. And that way, when you eventually meet her, I can segregate those and we can pretend that it wasn't her in case she doesn't want me telling this story. Mm, Okay. We got onto politics and her politics are very freedom based. You know, and when mm-hmm. I had met her, I just knew she had a great story and cool products. Okay. You know, we don't have a litmus test for if you're conservative. And uh, we started talking about how it's a challenge in business with this whole Me Too thing. Okay. Right? I mean, it's something you always got to be concerned about now. Hashtag Me Too. And she goes, let me tell you something. She goes, in my younger years, you know, you're out there battling. 
There are some men who do these things, right? Okay, and yeah. Me too and yeah. harassment. That's not right. No. She goes, certainly not right. She goes, but as a 51-year-old woman, how dare you stop men? Because some of us want a little sexual harassment. Excuse me? You know, some of us at 51, you know, we're wanting just a little bit. You know, you know, it's nice to know that they still got 51, it. Think they, they still got it. I got a little something. <laughs> and why have not met this woman yet? I said, oh, my God, you are the best. She's like, you know, around the office, you give me a little. OK, I'm I'm still still got a little something got going some, there. Some, some for the I can still bring it right. She goes, those young ones, they know they got it or whatever. But how dare you shut them down? Speak for yourself if you don't want it. And I started thinking, shouldn't it be a scale? Uh-oh, here we Ooh. go. What kind of scale, Doc Thompson? Well, first of all, there should be scales in offices, too. But that's a different thing. Oh, that? No. Oh, you can. That's a whole trouble. different thing. That's a whole <laughs> different conversation. No, shouldn't it be a scale? Okay. Isn't it based on what the person wants? Why should we hashtag me to shut down everything? Remember, mm-hmm. we've done the pod. You can't more than five seconds. Five seconds. Maybe there's some women that are cool with five seconds. Maybe there's cool with a second. Maybe there's some with 20 as minutes. As long going. as you want. Right. He was sitting across the room ogling for 20 minutes. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Right? Some girls out there that do like They that. like that they thing. They do like that. So shouldn't it be by the person? Yes. I don't know how you pull this off, the logistics of it. Maybe there's some sort of standard where you go... Um, you have to fully disclose it. Okay. So you look at Sarah over there and you say, I could uh, look at her bio and the company email mm-hmm. or something and goes, mm-hmm. she's cool with you ogling her for under four seconds or over 20 minutes. Um, she's cool with the fanny pat now and then for good jobs, but not a lingering hand. This one's cool. If you hit on her outright, this one, if you ask her out, this one's cool. If you just uh, get all up on and creepy full body hug with some grinding, you know, that's, <clears throat> They just should tell us. Okay. Because if you're somebody that's in the office, it's like, damn it, I want a little attention. I'm looking for a man in my life or a woman in my life, whatever. I'm I'm cool with y'all hitting on me, but you can't do it. Mm. Why are you punishing the whole class? Uh, right? We do hate that. Some people want to be ogled. Yeah. There's people with all kinds of bizarre fantasies out there, too. Mm. You know, little forced fantasies mm. and okay. Yep. So people mm. like different things. Why are you making statements and judgments for everybody under this hashtag Me Too movement? Mm. Some people may like a little flirting in the office because guess what? It reminds me that I still got it even though I got a couple more years on me. Isn't that just nice? Yes. Yet again, more good. Just when you thought Doc Thompson has done a world of good for equality, gender equality, women, offices, and business, I bust out yet even more, Chris Cruz. This is gold today, Jerry. Gold. Are you with me, Chris Cruz? I'm with Do you. Do you stand for the women's is? I stand. Are you stand for a little sexual harassment? Yes, Morning I am. Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network. you haven't heard we are the number seven ranked show among filipino tilt-a-roll operators so there you have it this is the morning blaze with doc thompson
Don't let me down, Chris Cruz. I hope the peoples haven't let me down, Chris Cruz. I'm sure there are many amazing tweets. Don't let me down. Don't ruin an amazing broadcast with amazing, helpful information. Don't let me down. Susan Pritchett tweeting out what I learned today. Hey, Doc, at 57, gravity's no longer my friend. <laughs> also. But that's your choice. Also. It's not your friend, but I say it's still okay. Also, all sexual harassment will be graded. Yes, thank you. We have to grade the levels of sexual harassment and mention what is acceptable to you or not. The Steve 42 saying, so today's the last day of Doc Thompson, right? What do you mean? Why would happen? Really? You just had the free puppy campaign? Sexual harassment is okay? You're saying that the peoples are going to demand that I take it to the street? I t- that I will head up my own 501c3? Yes. Yes. C003? Okay. Um, Elle's tweeting out what I learned today. Doc will be reporting immediately to HR following today's broadcast. No, no. Free those puppies. HR's no. HR knows. HR knows. knows. They know that I'm doing this for the peoples. Hmm. They get it. Okay. Okay. Yep. It might be in our handbook now. It may be. You know what? It may take time. You're right. It may take some time to get the people on board, but I'm willing to put in that type of time. I only have this tweet. By the way, I've been putting in that type of time since I was 13. <laughs> I only have this tweet, uh, this to tweet Doc and Pat. I mean, Doc and, uh, and Pat. Uh, Chris Cruz, hoodies with short sleeves should be illegal. I agree. I agree that hoodies with short sleeves should be Who the hell wears hoodies? You've got one on right now. You've got one right now. Oh, yeah. What did I say, Chris? <laughs> you really didn't know? You really didn't know? I just weren't ready. I was like, I don't know where this is coming from, but I was like, I didn't know. It's because you're wearing a hoodie with short, with short sleeve hoodie. I know. I, I now that goofing. I know. No, it was not. I was like, <laughs> okay, sorry. Do you really think I pay attention to what I grab? You know what, Chris Cruz, the people have spoken. Take it off. Let those puppies free. Let them go. Right, are you sure they want to let them free? I don't want to see them. Maybe we wait on that. We'll rethink that. <laughs> let me get uh, to our next guest. Before I do, though, I got to tell you about the iTarget Pro system. iTargetPro.com is where you get the iTarget Pro system. It's a great system where you can target practice just about anywhere and it's not dry firing you're not firing a live round but it's a laser round that just puts out a little pulse so you can practice it's a step up from dry firing because you actually know where the where the bullet would have hit where the round would have hit and it works with a proprietary app on your phone so you put it on your cell phone you set up the phone next to it you fire away just fire and fire and fire and you'll see where it would have hit on the target had it been an actual round it shows you and then you could say, okay, I'm to the upper left. Let me adjust. You could tact- uh, maximize your tactical advantages wherever you are, your office, your home. So if you want to practice defending your home in case somebody busts in, you can do that with the iTarget Pro system. Try that with live rounds. You're going to shoot up your home. It's not going to be good for you. <laughs> and kill try a couple not- of people. <laughs> kill a couple people possibly. <laughs> and try dry fire. You're not going to know where it no. actually hit. It'd be, diff- it'd be uh, pretty awful to find out that you thought – you were pretty good having dry fired in your home <laughs> all those that. years. Imagine that. For 10 years, you're like, oh, man, I am the pro. I Look have been at dry this. firing forever. Look at this. Some guy busts in the house. You're firing all around him. Like the movies. I know. I just sent the whole clip. The guy's still coming towards me. I know. Me. This whole time, I've been to the left. I'm out. I'm out. Go to itargetpro.com. Pick it up. You'll love the system. It's about 89 bucks. You get 10% off with the promo code DOC. itargetpro.com. Get one today. Consider getting a couple of them because it'd be cool to do a little quick draw stuff with somebody at the house. You can have fun with it. itargetpro.com. Jim Hurt, Senior VP of Leadership Development, New Day USA, joining us. How are you, sir? Couldn't be any better, Doc. Uh, great to, to be with you this morning. 
Great to have you on board to talk about what's coming in the housing market. I see all kinds of bizarre little uh, blurbs in the news that by themselves aren't hugely powerful, but together it looks like there could be some significant changes this year. Well, as I read it, the uh, same, uh, the housing starts are up, uh, actually measured through the month of May. But, uh, you know, the uh, the most important and, and really most exciting part about this is how it's affecting veterans. Tell me how it's affecting veterans. Well, uh, actually, my background, uh, I, I was the ninth Master Chief Petty Officer of the Navy. I retired in 2002, and I, along with the other senior enlisted leaders, of uh, the, the other four services uh, work for New Day USA as uh, senior leadership uh, uh, developers. But uh, more importantly, we've been working with veterans and monitoring veterans' uh, causes over the years. And it's just uh, in, uh, really heartening to see that veterans are doing uh, so well, uh, particularly in the housing market. Um, I see that we are at 11-year high of housing sales. Yeah, it, uh, you know, we uh, obviously uh, the, the statistics show that after 2005, uh, there was a precipitous drop uh, as a result of uh, the economy. But now that the economy is coming out of uh, the doldrums, uh, uh, things are looking, uh, looking up. That's that's really good news. Uh, some of that is not surprising in that, you know, 2008, uh, the bottom falls out of so much when it, come to, it came to, you know, the markets and even the housing market. And we had some challenges. Right. But um, that's really good news because the housing market is tied to so many things. And you're saying it's been really good for veterans as well? Well, really, uh, you know, and, and uh, I joined the Navy back in 1967. And the, uh, the, all the services at that point were, um, were one with uh, conscription services. Uh, in that uh, we drafted people, essentially, or people joined the service because they didn't want to be drafted into a particular service. Uh, and the force, all the forces were, as I said, single. Uh, but that has really changed over the years. In 73, of course, we, became an all vol- uh, we went to the all-volunteer uh, military, and that really professionalized the services. And uh, as such, when we did that... Uh, 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 the uh, the pay for service members came up, and uh, frankly, uh, kept getting uh, a better quality uh, folks into the service. And over the years, uh, that has translated into over seventy percent of the, uh, the military is now married with children, and uh, uh, they they now live the American dream, reaching for the American dream, which is uh, of course home ownership. That is so good for veterans, too, um, for, for many reasons. And by the way, thank you for your service. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. Uh, Jim, uh, it helps for a lot of reasons. First of all, you're right. It's the American dream quite often for people to you know, own a home. There's a stability factor that comes with families when you own a home. And if you're smart, then you don't run into you know, any additional problems or anything like that or you're stupid. Uh, home ownership can benefit so many ways. It's the stability it's uh, it's structure. If you're a veteran and you suffer from any number of disabilities, PTSD, that stability and structure is really important. It's good for children, and it can be financially good if you're smart. So this is solid, not just for the people that own the homes, but for our economy as well. Uh, absolutely, and and uh, perhaps most importantly, it really is a, a great foundation uh, on on as as you put it to uh, financial stability. 
when I was actually serving as the Master Chief Petty Officer of the Navy, one of the things that we were able to accomplish was um, uh, provide a thrift savings plan or 401k for service members. And that has really, uh, I think, in terms of financial education or uh, awareness, uh, raised that awareness over the years. And people, particularly active duty service members that buy into the housing market, <clears throat> tend to, uh, first, they, they tend to live in uh, high traffic areas, uh, traffic meaning um, real estate traffic areas, uh, because they move more, more frequently. And, uh, and two, um, they, they end up uh, making a little money on each sale and uh, end up moving up in the housing market. So what we're finding out is veterans uh, and active duty service members tend to buy a little bit larger homes. Mm-hmm. And uh, because of the, um, the Veterans Administration, the VA Home Loan Guarantee Program, they can get into these homes for no money down. And which actually uh, they tend to buy into the market at a younger age than uh, the general population does. So uh, it's really a good deal. And and we at New Day uh, USA, uh, we really work hard to uh, work with those veterans that for one reason or another may have fallen um, into a financial situation. a dilemma where they may not qualify uh, for a lot of other mortgages. Uh, we tend to work with them uh, because and, and take that risk on because we found that uh, military and veterans uh, tend to pay that mortgage uh, more uh, religiously than perhaps a lot of other people do. And we're able to finance them at a lower FICA score than uh, perhaps other mortgage companies can do. So what can we do to, to help veterans more, do you think? I mean, you're a veteran. You deal with a lot of veterans at New Day USA. Um, it's been a, a source of irritation of mine for a long time, um, not just because of the respect and honor that we, we should, many of us do have for veterans and the job they accomplished, but we, we made contractual and moral commitments to veterans we did we outright contracts and i don't think we've been uh, fulfilling those obligations so what do you think we can do to more help veterans well there's actually uh two things from my point of view uh certainly is to continue to support uh putting people uh in congress that um make a commitment to correcting those things uh mm-hmm. for out of the va uh and, and our support for veterans but more generally, uh, those folks that uh, employ people uh, need to understand uh, the veteran of today. This is not the veteran of yesteryear, uh, meaning perhaps World War II or Korea. Nice. Uh, yeah. These folks are, um, uh, are, are not people that couldn't do something else after high school. They're people that could do anything else, less than – 25% of the recruitable age population of our country today can even begin to qualify to serve in the military. <laughs> so uh, these are very capable people, and, and we all know that they get uh, incredible skill training in the military with a lot of hands-on experience. But more importantly, uh, and I sp- I'm speaking to imp- potential employers now, they come out of the military with attributes that uh, are m- most uh, – CEOs or hiring managers say they uh, value in the, in their company, 
And they're values that only uh, you get by living the life. Things such as commitment, loyalty, discipline, um, just, uh, you know, uh, you name any of those uh, those positive attributes that you'd like to have in your company. That's what our veterans are coming out with today. Uh, Jim, you know, I'm also a veteran. And one of the numbers that you guys sent me was says that about 50 percent of veterans are not using their VA mortgage loan benefits that they earn. Um, why? Why is this? Uh, you know, I'm not uh, sure that I know, can give you uh, a reason. There's probably multiple reasons for that. Uh, I would tell you um, that that is typically the case. There's probably some uh, element of not realizing they have the benefit, uh, which we can help with, of course. Um, and, and certainly there's, there's others. Uh, they may have gotten into the uh, housing market earlier. Uh, in life and uh, have enough equity in their homes such that when they change that they don't need uh, the uh, um, the benefits of using a VA home loan. And, and frankly, uh, and, and perhaps most disturbingly, uh, some veterans go into realtors uh, and begin talking with them. Realtors may have sweetheart deals with local mortgage uh, oh, yeah. firms and so forth, and they get talked out of it and, and, and told uh, quite incorrectly, by the way, that it's much more difficult uh, to obtain a VA home loan. Uh, the last stats that I have is that VA home loans now close on average three days faster than uh, uh, conventional loans. Well, I think um, I think it's something that people should at least look into. Know what your benefits are. Understand it. Homeownership's not right for everybody, but for a lot of people, if you're smart and you do it right, it is a wonderful thing in so many ways. Uh, Jim, I really appreciate all the hard work, and um, people can find you at NewDayUSA? NewDayUSA.com. And what we'll do is we'll tweet out a link to it so they can uh, find out more. But thank you so much, sir, and again, thank you for serving. Thank you for the opportunity. Have a great day. Um, We'll tweet out the link to it because that is something that is – I don't think the American dream is – home ownership that's been something that we've said and it's been marketed yeah. i think it can add to it um some people do consider that whatever and that's fine but it can be really really beneficial if you do it right um if you get a chance uh check it out it's newdayusa.com and again i'll tweet a link to it yeah, and especially if you're a veteran get your stupid benefits you pay for those benefits absolutely get it at least know what they are <laughs> know and, what choose, and, use, and, and you can you, decide and by the way you do have a lot of benefits so start using them Lots of believers look at their faith as a choice made only once. Hey, I'm a Christian, and that's it. However, uh, the Bible is a great teacher and should be something that we continue to challenge ourselves on every day. Dr. David Jeremiah understands that your faith is not static. It's a living, breathing relationship with God. Dr. Jeremiah's daily devotional called Ever Faithful brings you the daily choice of turning towards God. Ever Faithful includes a daily scripture, a short devotional, and an insightful question to reflect on throughout the day. Dr. Jeremiah gives you the perfect way to start your day and your daily walk with God because it just asks you those questions. And if you're like me, you're like, okay, I got to be better about this, better about this. But you get caught up in the minutiae of your day. And the next thing you know, you're not thinking about that or relationship with God at all. It's difficult to remember. Some people have, um, you know, little calendars with stuff on it or little, little ways they try to remind themselves. <clears throat> This is a really solid way. The book has a beautiful fabric cover, 
Ever Faithful makes a perfect gift. It's a year-long devotional that invites you to grow stronger in your faith and discover God's plan in your life. Today is a great day to start your daily walk with God with Ever Faithful. Ever Faithful is available everywhere books are sold. Again, it's Ever Faithful from Dr. David Jeremiah. I saw a really interesting story about business. Okay. Businesses, some businesses have a challenge of how they prevent people from doing inappropriate things in their restroom. Okay. Walmarts have have, have seen people that cook meth in the bathrooms. Walmart, I don't know what it is right now. People off themselves in Walmart (laughs) parking lots. Yep. But other businesses have people having sex in their bathrooms or drugs in their bathroom. And one way that they have uh, figured out that they can uh, maybe curtail the use of heroin in their bathroom is to install blue lights. Oh, okay. You know why? What do you think it's a blue lights? The body like liquids. Body liquids? Yeah, like You can see the body liquids? Yeah, it's one of those. Not a white light, a blue light. Oh. So blue tinted lights. Blue-tinted. How would that help discourage people from using heroin? How do you use heroin? How is it put in the body? Oh, oh, through the vein? Vein. They can't see the vein in blue lights? They light? can't see the veins in the blue lights. Is that really? <laughs> they say it's more difficult to. So here it's you are. Because, you put your oh, arm out. Because, you can't see. Yeah. Now, this is an idea people have, have come up with, came up with years ago. And now it's getting new refound um, interest to see okay. if it'll help curtail some of the use in these places. Because heroin use has been up again. Reed Hayes is a University of Florida researcher. He said the hardest core opiate user still wants to be accurate. They want to make sure the needle goes in the right spot. The purpose of the blue light is to disrupt that process and force people to go somewhere else to take the drugs. However, there are others that are like, you idiot. Okay. People are going to use it wherever they want. If they're if they're having withdrawals, if they're going to they're going to stick that needle anywhere. Does, they'll take a chance, right? Brett Wolfson um, is um, from the National Development and Research Institute. Says for people accustomed to injecting themselves, there are ways around the lights. Someone with withdrawal who wants to obtain heroin is going to want to use it as soon as possible, even if that location is not optimal. But remember. These are people who are trying to curtail drug use. Yes. The people installing the lights are business owners who are primarily saying, I want to curtail it at my place. Yes. You know, you're, you're trying to say, I'm sure they would like people not to use them as well. Yep. So as a policy, just telling people, hey, we can have people use less drugs if you install blue lights. That mm. seems silly. Yeah. As a business owner, you say, okay, maybe. But here's the thing as a business owner. If you're at the point where you're saying, all right, I don't know what to do. I got to put in blue lights. You may have bigger problems with your business. (laughs) The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson will be right back on the Blaze Radio Network. with Doc Thompson. All righty, that is it, ladies and gentlemen, the end of the morning blaze. But before we go, as always, let's find out what we learned today. We learned that AFTRA owes me thousands of dollars, <laughs> and I'll be rolling up to AFTRA HQ today. <laughs> I don't care how you pay me. 
as long as you pay me. I don't think you have to do that. Just give them your PayPal account. And they'll, they'll I'm not taking you. any chances. You're not? No, I may have to take home the couch from their lobby. What? You can't The computer trust? from their front desk. You can't trust the union people? Oh, I cannot trust them. Okay. I don't know what it is. I may have to take the front doors. Whatever it is, I'm getting my after money. I'm coming okay. for it after them. Okay. We learned that Mitch McConnell plays the same political games as Democrats. <laughs> yes, he just he does, does it more slowly. Hmm. We learned Chuck Schumer has been transitioning since 1998. Whoa. As a senator, he goes back and forth on issues. He transitions. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And finally, we learned that I hope hot women everywhere will join my Free Those Puppies campaign. Hot women everywhere. Okay. Okay. Just Uh, hot? Huh? Just hot women? Well, I feel like they're the most oppressed. Okay. Okay. The most oppressed over these years. Uh, By the way, we're going to start with a march. Ooh, uh, the uh, march. It's uh, I say a march because that's the marketing term. Yeah, but uh, it's really going to be a light jog. Okay, okay. It's going to be a light I, I'm, jog. I'm thinking more like November winter area. Little, little cooler. Yeah, a little cooler. cooler. In the air. Yes, yeah, on yes, DC, yes. a light yes. jog on DC. Yes. Chris Cruz, what if anything did you learn today? Weird. Are you okay, Doc? Because we just talked about workers and unions, and somehow your story about your mom did not come up. Let's just move on. Okay. You didn't learn that. That's just being a goof. <laughs> <laughs> Trump should troll either by nominating Warren Moore or a left-wing judge. <laughs> I know, I know. One of those two. Either way, I'm happy. It was gold. I, I'm it's happy. I'm gold. happy. Uh, it is time for me to stand with the brawless co-workers. Yes. Let them free Free at last. Free at last. Kirk Jones, Spin of the Dials Radio Style, Mercury Studios, Dallas, Texas. What, if anything, did you learn today? I learned today the Morning Blaze is pro freeing the nipple. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> But only because we're pro-women. Exactly. <laughs> Chris Cruz, what, if anything, do the listeners learn today? Uh, people will always remember where they were and where and what they were doing when Kennedy announced his retirement. That's right. They will. They will. James in Louisiana saying, could you imagine if Trump released a list of folks and he's considering Hillary? Uh, you know what he should do? Put in there some crazy liberal people and Roy Moore. Here's, yep. here's my new updated list. You still put yep. on like the Mike Lee yeah. or whoever you're yeah. going to pick. Yeah. Yeah. But you do it. You do Hillary and whatever just to trigger everybody. Kool-Aid with a C saying, why does Chuck Schumer always sound like he's talking to a second grade class? Because his daughter is named Emma Laz- after Emma Lazarus and he's used to speaking with her. Uh, and think about this. Chuck is 112. <laughs> so when he talks about his daughter, she's 84. <laughs> TJ Topping saying this way. the Jacko Union demands more ha-has. I ha-hot it up pretty damn good today. You did, you did, you did. And finally, Jen Y. Conservative saying, I heard Doc Thompson is leaving the radio studio to start a 501 double C. I didn't get those new numbers up across oh, the nation. I'll get so to them tomorrow. Sad, what so else do we sad. have coming up tomorrow? Tomorrow we got Friday leftovers. Oh, good deal. Tomorrow already? Yeah, I guess it is. What does Glenn have coming up? A lot of topics. Look at this. Just pay attention. What is he wearing today? A corset. Of course it is. Very tight. Remember the morning blazes today at Chris Cruz production. Six separate Tyrannus and free those puppies. Han Young, now you go home. Oh, good night, Steve Cannon, wherever you are. Sorry, I caught up in the other. Those free puppies got you all riled up. up. Let's just move on. (laughs) Believe it or not, you are actually being informed. This is the morning blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network.